Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> You can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. <laughs> hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. <laughs> <laughs> and you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicke and as always I'm here with Matt Stewart and Jess Perkins. Hello Dave, I love you. Hello Matt, I love you. Hello Dave and Jess, I'm a big fan of yours Oof. as well. Oh my big goodness. fan, big, big fan. Wait, isn't that, that means more than love. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it does. Fanship? No. Much bigger than love, love okay. loveliness. And friendship. Yeah. A big fan would would give me a kidney, would they? Probably. A really big fan, yeah. Oh, okay then. Yeah, cool. Really big fan. And I would not. So great to be here. Uh, my goodness, can you believe it? This is it for Block 2021. Oh. The biggest block we've ever done in by any metric. Yeah. Sorry, that might be confusing to American listeners. Um, I know you don't have that system, but uh, but it's it was the most voted for ever we've done. It's the most topics we've ever done. Honestly, they're the two metrics yeah. I was thinking the of. The most episodes. The most episodes. Uh, the most weeks. Of class <laughs> yeah, <before>. yeah. <laughs> well, for the most anyone... times we've collectively <laughs> met up in a room to record. So, so. yeah. True. <laughs> but so, for anyone out there who doesn't know what Block is, maybe they're tuning in for the top topic because it is that big. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's attracted a new listenership. So basically what we do here every year is we have Blockbuster Toba Month where we do our most voted for topics. Matt puts out a massive poll this year, over 150 topics 
weeks, I believe, and we got thousands and thousands of votes. And this is the number one most voted for topic. We've been counting them down. We've been ticking off some big ones, but this obviously has got to be the biggest, baddest topic. Which and it was surprised. I mean, a lot of the topics that got in surprised me. Like last year's number one, I think was about an author I hardly had heard of. That's right. Yeah. And I'm struggling to think of his name now. Dave, you did the topic. HP Lovecraft. Lovecraft. See, I remembered something. Great work, because I was just thinking Cthulhu. No, that's his big character that I did on Book Cheat as well. Anyway, yes. (laughs) But yeah, so so it's interesting to find out the topics that people want to hear. I guess that's the point of Block. We we let the listeners decide. And yeah, this is obviously, this is the biggest one this time. It was quite close. Uh, it only uh, uh, lit for clit was leading the count for quite a while, Ooh. and then this one swooped past at the end. Oof. Uh, so, should we get into it? Um, if, if for new listeners, uh, the way it normally works is one of the three of us goes away, researches the topic, brings it back, and uh, does a report for the other two. Kind of like a classroom school report, I guess. Um, Except at school, you don't quite get heckled as much by your. That's true. Well, maybe not at your school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. In the affluent east, we all we all golf clapped each other. Oh, a very good very point. Very good. Very yeah. good. At Jester School, on every episode, we've been sent to the principal's office. <laughs> uh, so we always get onto the topic with a question. This week, I'm doing the report, and the question is this. What show has been franchised around the world and been hosted by the likes of Chris Tarrant, Jeremy Clarkson, Regis Philbin, Cedric the Entertainer, Terry Crews, Jimmy Kimmel and Eddie Maguire? House Hunters International. The footy show. (laughs) You've gone off Eddie Maguire for that one, haven't you? Yes. I didn't hear hear the rest. (laughs) And the rest. Chris Tarrant was a a footballer for Collingwood, so that makes some sense. Um, uh, um, uh, but it's a worldwide smash hit. It's can, a quiz show. Can I phone a friend on this one? Yes. Can stay. I get a 50-50? Yes. Can I ask the audience? Yes. Is on... it Sale of the <laughs> Century? <laughs> is it Gladiator? Uh, no, it's not. Oh. Is it Ninja Warriors? No, it's not Ninja Warriors. Is it, is it Wipeout? I love that oh. show. They've fallen off stuff. Wow. I think Jeremy Clarkson's uh, Top Gear... Yes. A sidekick hosts Wipeout, actually. So you're on you're on the right track. Okay. But Eddie Maguire doesn't host that. Okay, interesting. Eddie Maguire hosts the Australian version of this. Mm-hmm. Dave gave you some good clues just before. Mm-hmm. My dad has been a contestant on this show. Really? How'd what? he go? Uh, two questions, bombed out in the second. <laughs> I feel like maybe... We, have we heard that story before? Yeah, I think we talked about it Without before. using his lifelines? He did not use a lifeline, which he yeah. should have. Yeah. Oh, what was the question? Lifeline. I was annoyingly for my dad. It was something about a like a, a Scottish crime writer that my mum is massively into. Oh. He gets home and he tells her the question. She's like, "Oh, of course it's Ian Rankin or something like that." And he's like, "I don't know. Of course it's Shakespeare. <laughs> oh, I haven't heard of him. Really, Matt? Matt? Because the early, the second question, they're normally like meant to be very gettable." Matt. Oh, no, but so it was the version where oh, it's the see. hot seat yes. version yeah, yeah, of yeah. this show where there's multiple. So it could have been question eight, and he just gotcha, decided yeah. not to pass and just went for it. So there's no life. That sound too hard for second question. Yeah. Is it? Who wants to it be is. a millionaire? Who wants to be a millionaire? <sighs> Who wants to be a millionaire? Which I learned is where they got the name from. A song that Frank Sinatra sang in a oh, movie in 1956. Is that true? Yeah. Didn't love that. Love that. I also just remembered that the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Original show used to have a theme song 
that went dun 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 and then in the, the credits, yeah. at least in the Australian version, it's just like a bunch of people looking like at a, a tower of, of not money, but <laughs> like yeah. a, and they're like, oh, my goodness, I want to be a millionaire. I think it's called the money tree. Is that what they're looking I think at? That, I think that's what it's called. Great I mean, they're, they're talking of fans, qu- there's a whole community of quizzers who are big fans <laughs> of these types of shows. Wow. And we get into them a little bit on this topic. This topic isn't just the show who wants to be, be a millionaire. It's more... Sp- Specifically, a story about one of the 21st century's strangest crimes, <gasps> one that's been dubbed a peculiarly British heist. It involves a couple named Charles and Diana. No, not that Charles and Diana. <laughs> along with a Welsh university lecturer that they'd never met before. And it occurred... Not that university lecturer. <laughs> <laughs> it occurred on a 2001 appearance of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. This is the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire coughing scandal. <gasps> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's funny. Like, it's going to be hard to not cough during this because um, there's some thought during this that uh, coughing can be a little bit like yawning. When you hear uh, coughing, yeah. uh, people start coughing more. Just people talking about coughing makes you sort of more conscious of it. Oh, no. Which I'm is about to go again. Yeah. <laughs> have some water. <laughs> I won't edit them out this time. Every cough is on purpose. Yeah. Every cough is beautiful. <laughs> Every <laughs> cough is sacred. <laughs> Uh, so this was suggested only by three people, interestingly. So wow. it's been so many people voted for it, but I guess not that many people were necessarily aware of it or thought of it as a topic to suggest it. It was suggested by Adam Knight from Croydon, who I believe is a Patreon who, again, suggested it in the uh, the Patreon block uh, poll. Uh, also uh, Lucy Smith from Newington in Kent in England and Huey Herbert from Buckinghamshire. Buckinghamshire in the UK, and Olivia Gatliff from Hatfield in the UK. So obviously everyone who suggested it's in the UK. I don't think I'd ever heard of it before, and now I'm not sure because I've been reading about it all week. Yeah. I I can't remember a a time before I knew about the coughing scam. It's very, very vaguely familiar. I don't know a lot of the details, but I kind of know a little bit. And I don't know if that's from coming across it myself or seeing it in the hat and doing a quick Google. Right. But I don't have... Because, I mean, it happened in 2001. You were both only, you know, 11 at the time. Yeah. And another, I'll mention it very briefly, but another reason why people outside of England might not know it so well, it occurred on September the 10th, uh, 2001. Whoa. Wow. So World News sort of was a bit distracted the following day. Wow. Truly a pre-9-11 world. It was, yeah. This was right on the edge of the pre-9-11 world. Um, anyway, shall we get into it? Yeah. Um, I'll talk a bit of, let's talk a bit about who wants to be a millionaire first. I imagine most people listening maybe have some idea, but the format was created by David Briggs, Mike Whitehall, uh, Whitehill and Steve Knight. I don't know if Adam Knight's the guy who suggested it a few times. I don't know if he's a relation, but that'd be interesting if he was. Uh, apparently Briggs had previously created games for Capital FM Radio, including the Bong Game. Bong? The Bong Game. Okay. I'm like, oh, I'm listening. How's yeah. <laughs> a radio game? God, the Bong Game work. But I looked up, it's pretty much Beat the Bomb. You know, uh, that, so there's that ticking, yeah. numbers are said, you say stop. Right, and yes. And you, you want to stop it at the highest amount. 
and then afterwards they play the rest and you go, oh, I could have oh, won a million dollars. Every time. <laughs> yeah. But I only walked away with 500000 What a failure. What but a terrible day I said, I'm having. stop on $15. But do you just have to... Like, answer questions whilst there's, like, a teenager with a bong. And as soon as yeah. they finish a hit, they're like, oh, how long before they go for it? Hey, man, have you ever realised that the sky is huge? I've never had a bong. They One a... bong, please. Is that the kind of thing oh, they talk about? They're, like, so. the grossest things. Oh. Yeah, Weed Hornet, definitely. <laughs> a guy who's been in a band called Weed Hornet, so uh, no, never hit a couple of bongs no, in his I day, I reckon. <laughs> I've seen people do it, and it is honestly disgusting to watch. <laughs> Apologies to all the bong heads out there. <laughs> so, sorry, sorry, bong heads. Let <laughs> me to alienate our bong, bong pro audience. Hey, hey, bong heads. Sorry. Sorry. I'm so sorry for that. Sorry about there. that, you bong heads. I'm mainly talking to uh, Tom Mitchell uh, from Weed Hornet, <laughs> yeah. who I assume is a bong head <laughs> and a listener of this show. Yeah, that's not true, Tom, it isn't. <laughs> It's is not it? true, Tom. You're not a friend of the show. <laughs> oh, no, hang on. That part's true. That part is true. You're a listener and a friend of the show, a dear friend, but not a bong. Is he, is he a litigious kind of guy? Is that why you're so quick to... <laughs> yeah, no, getting in there. Uh, so the show was initially going to be called Cash Mountain. Ooh. Is there a chance that it would not have been successful if it was called I feel that? like it would. And it, when, when I read that, I'm like, oh, that, that does sound like people who make radio games up. Yeah. Cash, Cash Mountain. Mountain. Yeah. <laughs> and is there like a goat going? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what? why is that there? <laughs> like, you can understand, like, the ka sound and, like, the horns. Why is there a goat there? They were thinking mountain goat. It's not yeah, clear, though, in the some, audio. Somehow it works. <laughs> I love it. It really sets the whole thing off. Presumably that is a pun on Splash Mountain. Oh, I hadn't, I hadn't noticed that, but yeah, that makes Probably, sense. Which yeah. is what a... Well, Disneyland ride. Right. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, this is a, like, it's a British... Well, is that Space Mountain? Oh, no, Space hang on. Ma- uh, Splash Mountain sounds like a thing. Splash Mountain's a thing as is Space Mountain. Brilliant. Thank you so much, everyone. Is it Space yeah. Mountain? Space Mountain. I want to go to Space Mountain. I went on Space Mountain. And yes, and it's an upside down ride, which I've ne- oh. I'd never been on before. But I was like, Jess, you're in Disneyland in Paris. You're going to go on this fucking ride. You're not going to get sick because that's all in your head. But then I got quite sick and spent the rest of the day holding everyone else's bags. Hey, everyone gets their thrills in different ways. Like, some people like bungee jumping. Yeah. Some people like Space Mountain. Some people like playing Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Mm. That's a little call forward. Oh. No, okay. what do you call that? Yeah, a tease. Tease. Anyway, well worth it. So, uh, so it was originally going to be called Cash Mountain. I think they even did a pilot. So I watched the miniseries, and I kind of regret doing it because you know when you watch a dramatization of something, you start to blur what's what. Yeah. And I've avoided doing that in the past, but uh, I really it was really good. Um, it's on I think on binge in Australia. Uh, but so I, it's a full dramatization rather than a doco. Yes, that's right. Starring. Um, uh, Matthew McFadden, I think his name is, from Succession. He's so good. And in Succession, he's American, so it was fun to see him, which, with what I assume is his natural accent. Uh, very good actor. And uh, the sister from Fleabag's in it as well oh, yeah. as his wife. That's Charles and Diana. Oh, there you go. Anyway, maybe we'll talk a bit, bit about that later. But, yeah, the, the name was changed uh, and it was taken from the song Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, uh, written by Cole Porter. Uh, and sung by Frank Sinatra and 
in a film. What if I was to blow your mind? Uh-oh. Please so do. That Matthew McFadden is English. He is English. Oh, so you were, that was his real voice, but he's so good you don't know which is which. Yeah, I know. That's right. I'm that's like, good. Uh, yeah, he, he his American accent's very good. And I'm like, ah, oh, is it? Yeah, this must be. He must be an English guy. Yeah. I kind of assume because going the other way. Yeah. Is usually a bit more obvious. Yeah. I don't know why that is. Yeah. I, and I only thought of because I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure he's played Mr. Darcy in Pride and Prejudice, and it was oh, very good at that. Yes. Too. Ah. Very brooding. Yeah. Okay. He's and also those three characters are very different. Not that I've seen his brooding character, but. He's, oh, him, yes. The, uh, yeah, I, I implore people to look up his Wikipedia profile because this photo has absolutely done him. Yeah, it's no good. <laughs> like a real disservice. He is uh, an undeniably attractive man. This photo, you're like, oh. <laughs> oh I, if I was his agent, I'd be getting on there saying, got to change that. Yeah. Jeez, I mean, that just shows how, how unvain he is. I'm sure there's probably a word. No. Better word than that? Unvain. Unvain. Perfect word. You nailed it. Thank you so much. <laughs> Do go on. You're doing great. Uh, so, yeah, I'm guessing many listeners are already familiar with the show's format, but I'll talk it out a little bit because I guess that's important. So there's 10 contestants. This is the original format anyway. Mm-hmm. Not as Hot Seat. It, as it began. Yes, not the Hot Seat Do you know if Dave's hot, dad's been on. It, my dad was definitely in the Hot Seat. But <laughs> is that a thing that a lot of other countries have transitioned to that version? or is... there, it's, It was very strict at the start, which I'll talk about. This, like the format, if you want it, you've got to have it in, in this format. But th- things started to get tweaked. I'm not sure how many other countries have done Hot Seat. It's definitely gone around the world a lot and it's also n- not shown in that many countries anymore but uh, yeah you maybe you want to look up hot seat if that format's been used i'm not i didn't get that far into the modern stuff because this is all about the yeah, uh, within yeah. the first couple of years of the show yeah back when it was like a global phenomenon yeah i think it's kind of like uh like covid in a way it was real big it went around the world everyone's loving it yeah <laughs> But eventually it just becomes part of the flu cycle. Yeah, yeah, And it's yeah. sort of, it's there, but it's, it's there, not... But you're not... It's not in front of mind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But for those couple of years... Yeah. Oh, everyone was talking about everyone it. Everyone was talking about it. And it just, like, it felt like you'd connect with people, different parts of the world, and they're talking about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And you'd be like, oh, my God, that's so crazy. <laughs> We're all the same in a way. <laughs> uh, so on the original version of the show, there are 10 contestants, and they have to answer a pr- preliminary question. Okay, the fastest finger first round, mm-hmm. uh, which I love. And the the fastest answer goes into the main game. That's like a, here are four things. You've got to put them in the right order. A, B, C, and D. You've got to push these buttons in the right order. Whoever does it quick, quickest gets onto the hot seat. Oh. Uh, then, so this contestant is asked increasingly difficult multiple choice questions. There's no time limit. Uh, the first is worth £100. The second's 200 pounds. These gradually increase until the 15th question is worth a million pounds. Oh, my God. Uh, in later versions, they dropped the number of questions down, I think, but this original was 15 questions. Uh, for each question, uh, they are able to see the question and four possible answers before deciding if they want to play. Uh, they may quit at any time and keep their current winnings, but if they decide to answer... They must get it correct, otherwise they drop back down to their last guaranteed point. Guaranteed points came at question five, which was a thousand pounds, and question ten, thirty-two thousand pounds. Wow, that's a big gap between your guaranteed points, isn't it? Yes. So I think 
a lot of people would sort of go, I'm not risking it for the 32. But then yeah. if you got to the 32, you got a free hit at the 64. Yeah. Um, so, And, I mean, I always find it kind of interesting. Like, I get it if you – it's that sort of beat the bomb type radio game and you stop at $15 and you could have had $500,000. you would go, ah, oh, damn. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if you've gone on <laughs> Who Wants to Be a Millionaire – and you've won $1,000, that's $1,000 you didn't have at the start of the day. Yeah, not like a bad day's pay. Yeah, you've still won some money you didn't have. To get onto this early version, most people got on, I think, by calling this number that was a premium number that cost money by the minute. Oh, wow. You know, one of those expensive numbers. And some of these people we're going to talk about, I don't go into this, but they called thousands of times. So they would have had to hit at least that to break even, I'm <laughs> guessing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Also, I'd love to meet the person who uh, buzzes out on $15 yeah. on Beat the Bomb. <laughs> I'm out. $15, stop. You realise the top prize is half a million. I'm out. I'm out. I want $15. I, want $15. I came here with nothing. That comes my lunch today yeah. Yeah. and I'm well, happy. Jess, what are you going to do with that money? <laughs> I'm going to get a sandwich <laughs> and, a, and a juice. A lot I can get changes. both now. <laughs> I mean, you're talking today's money, Dave. Back in the 90s, 15 bucks oh, was quite yeah. a bit. Oh, goodness. I'll get you a round-the-world ticket. <laughs> Jess's tiny coffee these days. She brought in a tiny coffee, God. which cost a third of that, eh? What's going on with the so world? So tiny. What if I'd gotten a big one? I'd be bankrupt. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'd have to be asking you guys to spot me. You'd have to go back on Beat the Bomb. <laughs> Get another 15 bucks. When I was in high school and they'd ask you what you wanted to be when you grew up, I would say professional game show contestant. Really? We really should have followed through on that. But, like, you would be such a good game show host, Professional game show host. There's probably more money in that too if you get I to reckon. be the host. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eddie's made more than any of the millionaire hot seat contestants. It's more consistent money. I think yeah, you I think re- you really grew up in the in the boom time, obviously, yeah. oh, which was brought on by Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. You could go from show to show. There were so many. There's a guy I talk about briefly who did that. He he, I, I think I even say made his living for a little while on <laughs> game shows. What a but, guy! Wow. Um, so if you get a question wrong before question five, you leave with nothing, which normally they would, that wouldn't happen. But Dave's if, dad, if, obviously if, an exception. But <laughs> He was on the hot seat. <laughs> uh, but if you go in the first five, uh, there is... You'd have to be a real idiot to get out of that. <laughs> well, there are some great YouTube videos of people being super confident on the first question. Be like, B, lock it in. And then the host even says, would you like to read the question again? <laughs> no, 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 B. And then they lock it in and you hear the audience go, <gasps> yeah. and they look at it and go, oh, no. Oh, no. That's something I learnt uh, from this. If you were ever ever going on, listen if the audience gasps. (laughs) That's a sign that you should rethink. Yeah, it's not good. (laughs) Uh, So to help, you get three lifelines. At any point, the contestant uh, may use uh, one or more of these. You could use all three on one question if you wanted to. Ideally, you'd probably (laughs) spread them out. Um, All on question one. (laughs) I don't like taking risks. I need fifty fifty. I want to call my mum. <laughs> so you, uh, yeah, they're all very different. You got three different ones: fifty fifty, um, where you get to remove two of the incorrect answers, which always it feels like that's rarely that helpful because you're like, I, you either know the answer or you don't. I guess it, you're going. It's between these two. Yeah. I know it's not these two, and you hope one of the ones that you think it is gets ruled out. Yeah, exactly, That's the only time yeah. that would help you. But I guess if it's like an absolute corker of a question, like the million-dollar question where it's just like, you know, something about some obscure flag or something, yeah. you've got no idea. You go, well, it's one of these four. Now it's one of these two. Yeah. Right, maybe I'll take that risk. 
But that risk on the million dollar question Oof. is you're also possibly losing four hundred and sixty eight thousand, right? Or whatever the maths adds up to. So I don't yeah, are you risking it on that kind of question? Would you have a guess on the million dollar question? No, we're, I mean, we're about I, to hear about someone who did, but <laughs> I mean I buzzed that after fifteen dollars, so Yeah. And I had a lovely lunch. <laughs> Delightful sandwich and apple juice. <laughs> Delicious. I should say there's a slight question mark over whether or not they guessed on the million dollar question, but uh, we'll get to that. It's not going to stop thinking ahead. So much sizzle. Yeah, we really are in a hot seat. So you got the 50 50. The second one is the ask the audience. Um, This one, uh, the audience all has a little pad and they click A, B, C, or D and then they get the percentage back. Normally, these are good ones to ask for pop uh, questions that you might not know, obviously, because. You want the audience, if you ask them the wrong question, you're going to get a real split. Yeah, if they're not sure, if they're guessing as well. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and then there's the phone a friend. And I think they, I'm pretty sure they would give three names beforehand. Mm -hmm. They'd all be sitting waiting just in case. So all 10 contestants would have three people. So there's, what's that, 30 people sitting and waiting for maybe one of them to get a call. But I guess you'd, you'd ideally have different sort of knowledge strengths on each of them yeah and then yeah. you go oh this question is about geography i'll call dave yeah. or this one's about maths i'll call dave <laughs> <laughs> this one's about flags i'll call dave <laughs> this one's about scar bands from the 90s i'll call dave uh-huh. uh this one's about pies i'll call dave <laughs> you know etc or you know, or uh this one's about uh triple j afternoon host i'll call jess yes <laughs> Woo! i know nothing about you <laughs> Weekend Arvos as of 2021. I'm going to have to call Jess on this one. Matt, it's me! Jess probably knows. Yes, Jess, I know it's you. Oh, (laughs) fantastic. But can you answer the question? (laughs) The answer is me. Jess, I've just read out the the possibilities. None of them are me. None of them are me. (laughs) (laughs) Which one is it? Stop mucking around. We've only got 30 seconds. Jess, this is serious. Matt, it's me! (laughs) Well, I'm just going to have to go with Jess Perkins. (laughs) But, but I don't know. As a guess. Feels like a coincidence. <laughs> yeah, Jess, are you telling me to lock in Jess Perkins because that's your name? <laughs> is I it mean, the only one you recognise? Obviously they've just done a random name oh, generator. I should have called Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have known this? What would be what would be your... If, oh, fuck all. Yeah, don't call me. No, just do what, if you, what's your go-to? Because other quiz shows that came before this, like we talked about in a bonus episode, which uh, is vaguely related to this, the $64,000 question, mm. they had to come in with their their sort of their specialty, strong suit, their yeah. specialty. I don't know what mine would be. I have no interests <laughs> and no you, skills. What about you've watched Parks and Rec more than anyone I know, something, something like that. Oh, yeah, Did maybe. You... Oh, yeah, actually I was with a friend the other day and we were waiting for something else to start, like a TV show we were going to watch. So we just put on a, an episode of Parks and Rec and I just quoted the whole thing. So, yeah, maybe Parks and Rec, I guess, but yeah. that yeah. feels lame. <laughs> no, nah, that's great. I mean, if you're on, like, uh, what's Tom Gleason's show? That's Hard the kind quiz. of thing. That would be the perfect topic yeah, for something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they're the three. You've got 50-50, ask the audience, phone a friend. Uh, I think you could call me for, like, film and TV stuff. Yeah. Actors who have been in such and such. I reckon I could do stuff like that. Yeah, which would be, you know, there'd be questions about that stuff every game show you do, I reckon. Yeah. What country is Matthew McFadden from? Uh, <laughs> South Africa. Oh, oh, oh. He's just good at all accents. <laughs> That's uh, not the question. Which accents is Matthew McFadden very good at? Ooh, D, all of the above. 
Maybe the f- most famous use of a phone a friend lifeline was in 1999 on the US version. 31-year-old contestant John Carpenter got to the million-dollar question without having used a lifeline. And on the million-dollar question, he asked to phone his father, then said to him, Hi, Dad. I don't really need your help. I just wanted to let you know I'm about to win a million dollars. God, is... it would have been so sweet if he was wrong. Yeah, it would yeah. have been so well, Obviously, good. I'm like, it's so cocky, but I, it, I, my personality would make me go just uh, double-checking this question. I think yeah. I know, but I'll ask you anyway. I'm 99% sure, but I need validation. It was going to become an iconic moment either way. Yeah. yeah. Luckily for him, it was because he ended up getting it right. And I love the host is, is doesn't even muck around. He's like, you're right, you've won a million dollars. Like straight in. But he's, he's sort of, because he kind of has been a bit tricked, Regis. That's Regis Philbin's hosting. And he, oh, I watched it last night and... Um, he can't, like, I reckon he's trying to build up. This is a million-dollar question. This doesn't happen that often on the show. Bit of tension, and then he's like, oh, you were fucking with me. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Good on you. Thanks, man. Very funny. Yeah. <laughs> this is my show. <laughs> I'm the star. <laughs> but it, he, he said he had no real interest in it, but it was put on at a dinner party. It was at uh, the week before. So he's like, oh, I found all these questions easy, even the ones that are meant to be hard. So... I called up and I got on a few days later and I won a million bucks. Oh, my God. He worked for the IRS. He seems like a pretty fun guy. And he um, <laughs> he said he considered quitting his job uh, soon after uh, but didn't because, quote, after the taxes, it's not change your life kind of money if you want to eat every day. And I guess he does. Ugh, whatever. Loser. Get some priorities, mate. Get a big house with a pool. <laughs> Fill it with spaghetti. You'll be right. You're good to go. <laughs> That's, yeah, you can eat every day for quite a while. For ages. How much spaghetti are you eating, honestly? Um, so, we, so we got a little bit off track there. We're talking about the British one, uh, which debuted or debuted. Forget which one is the funny one. But anyway, debuted on ITV in Britain on the 4th of September 1998. Hosted by Chris Tarrant. Um, who was the radio host uh, for the show that had the bong game on it and oh, those yeah. sort of games. And he'd been on TV for, for decades by this point, TV and radio, very popular. Big radio guy. Um, and the show was an instant hit. Initially, they wanted to make it like event TV. So it was they put it on in prime time every day for 10 days in a row, I think. And it was so popular as extended to a weekly a regular weekly slot. I think on Saturday nights in primetime, which doesn't oh, sound wow. like primetime to me. That's the time when everyone's doing stuff. Yeah, they're sitting around watching Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. <laughs> well, apparently that's what happened. I mean, we had Hey Hey It's Saturday. That's true. On a Saturday night. So in its peak run um, in 1999, one episode was watched by more than 19 million viewers, which was around a third of the population. Whoa. <laughs> So it was a phenomenon. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? One in three sitting down on a Saturday night, I guess. I think it had Tuesday episodes as well, so I'm not sure which one that was. Like the bell. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. In that initial 10-episode run, shows like the bell got bumped. (gasps) Was that on ITV? I I think I I read somewhere that the bell got bumped. It was like they just just cleaned out this. this, They believed in it that much that it was going to be big. You don't bump the bell. What? Which is also a game from Chris Tarrant's radio show. Bump, Bump the, the bill. bill. <laughs> <laughs> I believed you for play? way too long of that. <laughs> Bump the bill. 
<laughs> the sound guy's obsessed with fucking weird goat sound. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a camel? These goats are not well. <laughs> um, so the show was franchised around the world very quickly. Like that American uh, version was within a year um, of the UK debut, debut uh, which had Regis Philbin hosting. Due to its, uh, its success, within months the show was franchised in the Netherlands. Like I think it was like August or something. Is that what I said? Or whenever, whenever it was in the UK, and then by Feb it was on the air in the Netherlands wow. with a, a local version. Then uh, Australia and Spain were soon after that, and it just sort of spread around around the world. Um, there's since been more than a hundred international versions of the show. On August the sixteenth, nineteen ninety nine, the show. Uh, debuted in the US, hosted by Regis Philbin. It was a big hit there also, averaging 30 million viewers per episode at one what? point. Which is obviously bigger than the Australian population, I think, even today. Um, according to Kevin O'Keefe, writing for The Atlantic, at the time it was heralded as a major comeback for the primetime game show, game show format in America. Those syndicated game shows continued to enjoy a great deal of success, like Jeopardy and The Price is Right!, uh, the show scandals of the 1950s had effectively stymied all primetime game programming. So back in the 50s, it took from the 50s to the late 90s for them to get over the, those 50 scandals, which we talked about quite a bit in the $64,000 question bonus episode. If you want to hear that, you can uh, sign up at dogoonpod.com or patreon.com slash dogoonpod. Um Anywho, these international franchises came with strict rules. According to this oh, fantastic little website I found while surfing the World Wide Web, it's called wikipedia.org. Oh. Oh. And I think, I don't know, but I think it specializes in sort of game show um, oh, great. trivia. And, oh, wow. Yeah, that's... it's sort of like a compendium. Who wants to be a Wikipedia? Yeah, that's what I would have called it. But I made, maybe that's what the W in Wikipedia stands for. Who, Who wants, wants to be to a millionaire? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so from that, that fantastic uh, little resource, uh, it says, British television producer Paul Smith first had the idea to franchise the UK program internationally. He developed a series of standards for international variants that ensured they mirrored the British original closely. For example, all hosts were required uh, to appear on screen wearing Armani suits. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. The host must be an Armani. Oh, they must, which is what uh, Tarrant wore in the in the UK. So, like, he just rocked whatever he rocked up in in the first episode. They're like, <laughs> everyone's got to wear that. All right, uh, everyone's got to have uh, bacon and egg sandwiches beforehand because that's what he had. And the, <laughs> that's, that's part of the, that's success. the success. Everyone's got to live on a church street. <laughs> you got to live on a street at number 13. First contestant has to be called William. <laughs> we don't make the rules. In fact, no, we do make the rules. <laughs> we absolutely do. Uh, also, producers were forbidden from hiring local composers to create original music. Instead, they had to use the same music oh. cues used by the British version, which so they all got impersonated before. Yeah. Dun, 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 they believed all that stuff really added to the drama, the close-up shots. Mm. Uh, even the chairs vibrated to try and really make the... Did they? To yeah, the guests that, out. They had, like, speakers in them to make the guests feel a bit more tense. And then the, they'd have the music that went... Dum, 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 yeah. Dum, dum, yeah. <laughs> like, to freak you. It's like, it is almost like the beat the bomb thing. Even though there's yeah. no time limit, you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, because back in the original ominous. version, like, sometimes in... A, because the c- contestant could carry over from week to week. 
that have like three questions in the in the hour because they'd be there for so long being like yeah oh. i don't really see what thinking about it for so long does do you know what i mean like if you don't know What's just thinking about it? But maybe do? like something jumps in your head and you go, oh, I think the Latin word for that is actually this. Maybe you can work it out. Yeah, Eddie McGuire, he'd say a lot of, talk it through. Talk it through. Yeah. What, what are you thinking? Say it out loud. This is boring television. <laughs> Use your words. Yeah. And, <laughs> but, but if you did get this, what would this kind of money mean to you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What a, how would They're it trying to think, life? Eddie, shut up. <laughs> I'm trying to think. My chair is literally vibrating. Yeah. I can't concentrate. I think it was interesting. There was a, on one of the pages, maybe the one of the Wikipedia pages, it went through like the catchphrases on different things, and it sounds like "lock it in" was that was Eddie's own, right? Because that's a, that that is like a famous really? phrase yeah. in Australian pop culture. Yeah, "lock it in, Eddie" lock is something that Eddie. people would say out of context. Yeah, <laughs> it means I picked that one. Just to like confirm plans, people will still say "lock it in, yeah, Eddie." Still yeah. in, Eddie. Yeah, yeah. Ten, ten, that's right. so good. Lock I, it ha- in, Eddie. I definitely have a friend who says "lock it in, Eddie." I real, I hope it comes back. I don't think it ever left. I think here. <laughs> Jess is pointing to her heart. No, my boob. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh yeah, you got a tattoo. Lock it in, Eddie, on your boob. <laughs> But I, I think uh, after this episode now, people in, in other countries are going to start saying, lock it in Eddie. Yeah, even though their hosts weren't Eddie. And they would say, they'd say uh, final answer. It seems to be what they yeah. would say on the Chris Tarrant one. I, people, not... people are yelling at their iPods right now going, no, nah, they said lock it in Chris Tarrant. <laughs> lock it in Tarrant. Lock <laughs> it in Regis. <laughs> Everyone's saying it and I'm like, no, nah, this is an Australian it's thing. <laughs> it's actually a pretty cool thing we did. <laughs> but it does... Surprise me if that is his own catchphrase, if they have to wear an Armani yeah. suit, but Eddie's allowed to just make up a catchphrase. <laughs> yeah, that's weird, isn't and it? And probably happened organically. Yeah, um, and I suppose he's not saying it. They're saying it to Eddie, aren't Yeah. They? Who can tell, looking at a suit, that it's Armani? Oh, I can. <laughs> that's who <laughs> so, I'd call if yeah. an Armani question <laughs> yeah. came up. And I'm wearing one right now. Okay. That yeah, is not right. what I had in mind that when I was a, thinking of Armani. It's a beautiful suit. fit. Beautiful but you know how, cut. like, the difference between, like, what you see, like, on the rack <laughs> and what you see. <laughs> You're swimming in it, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> what you see on, like, a, like a shop that's, like, one of those extremely famous fashion houses and then what you see people wear on the runway. There's a big yeah. difference. Yeah. Can Way Ed- less garbage bags. Yeah, like, can and- Eddie rock up in a garbage bag and be like, well, it's technically it's Armani. Like, he's got balloons, like, attached to his hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, He's yeah. wearing, like, hair plugs. He's got blue, blue eyeshadow. <laughs> his underpants are on the outside. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a, he, st- he struts up to his chair. <laughs> this is high fashion. Yeah. Oh, you don't understand fashion? <laughs> that's fun. I'm Eddie McGuire. <laughs> <laughs> So, I've got to hate Eddie, so... Done, he's done a lot of bad things. Done some terrible things and still very much employed and wealthy, so that feels good. <laughs> he, um, yeah, he has lost a few jobs lately. He yeah. lost the presidency at, at the Collingwood Football Club. Yeah, is he still on radio? Uh, I think he left radio. Okay, left. I think he chose to, maybe. Uh, and you don't get paid to be president of a football club. Don't you? No. Oh, you should. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard work, I imagine. Job. Sitting on the end of a board going, hey, 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 you better get them to <laughs> win a game, I'll tell you that. <laughs> They're all like, all right, well, lock it in, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine very quickly he was getting that at the shops and stuff. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tedious. Thank you. Do you reckon? So you, you got reckon- your pen? <laughs> you should uh, lock it in, Eddie. <laughs> 
<laughs> like get right up in his face. Why don't you lock that pin in, Eddie? Lock that pin in. Please back up. I'm trying to pay for my groceries. <laughs> Just want to see hey, Eddie. It in. Why don't you lock it in there, mate? <laughs> Do you get it? <laughs> I'm referencing your television show. <laughs> please leave me alone. Uh, the other thing, so you had the the suits, the music. You also had the lighting system and set design were to adhere faithfully to the way they were presented on the British version. Some of Smith's rules have been slightly relaxed over the years as the franchise development has progressed, and they're allowed to say things like "lock it in, Eddie." Now. Yeah. Okay, that's <laughs> At what point did he abandon the Armani suit? He's like, "All right, obviously this isn't part of the success." Yeah. What's it? You could wear a suit from I can't think of another brand. Giorgio Armani. You could. <laughs> you could. Wear... Different Armani. <laughs> Wait, what's the what's the other Armani called? It's Armani, and there's Giorgio Armani. Oh, I did not know that. I assumed that was the same thing. <laughs> Just a coincidence? No relation. No relation. <laughs> that probably isn't. It's his son, Greg Armani and Jean-Gil Just Armani. Just have the same sort of exotic Greg. Greg. I love Greg as a name. You know this about I me. know. I do know that about you. Beautiful name for a boy or, or a girl. girl. <laughs> uh, so I think in the $64,000 question bonus episode, we talked about how millionaires seemed to borrow a lot from those 1950s game shows in America. So it's probably no surprise that since the British version was launched, several people have come forward claiming that they came up with a format. (laughs) Not people from the 50s, but just people from, you know, anywhere in between. I don't believe anyone's been successful proving this in court, though, according to that great wikipedia.org website. While many uh, pursued litigation, they were all unsuccessful, and each claim was later settled out of court on an agreement or settlement. So there was obviously some that were you know, had some merit. I think there are ideas like, oh, someone pitched a show to a sister company of the production company that ended up doing it and they had some very similar elements and that they said, no, no, we came up with it, but... And and they'd also... uh, Some of those signed an NDA or whatever, so they weren't able to talk about it, so you don't really know what the story was. But but it is also... It's the kind of game... Maybe this is just now because it's so ubiquitous, this sort of game, but... But it feels like, you know, how do you come up with a, a, a game show, a quiz game show that doesn't borrow elements that other people have probably thought of, even if you haven't thought of yourself? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. don't know if I'm making any sense there. Yeah. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. i got to get something off my chest. Okay. I ate your last biscuit. I was that saving has been, them for my wedding. That has been stress. <laughs> that has been stressing me out. I'm so sorry. I feel a lot better to get that off my chest. You know, keeping things bottled up can uh, affect people negatively, and that had been affecting me. And that feel that's a weight off my shoulder. Yeah, it was delicious. I'm not sorry, but I did take the last biscuit he, that he was saving for his wedding. I didn't know that. <laughs> That is upsetting to hear, but I think I'm going to have to get some uh, positive coping skills, learn to set some boundaries. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you could give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, so it's very convenient. It's flexible. You can fit it around your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. You too can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com D-G-O today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash D-G-O. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. 
Upload video content, organize your video library, and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalized results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI... Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. (laughs) And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download, like PDFs, music, or eBooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. I get you. Um, anyway, we're getting bogged down in a bit of preamble here. We haven't got to the topic at hand really at all. <laughs> but we've set some context. Yes. So Charles and Diana Ingram. This is the the uh, Charles and Diana we're, talk- Diana we're talking about. The, the um, royal ones. No, sorry. These aren't the royal ones. I think their surname is uh, Royal. Or oh. is it? Or is it? Yeah, Charlie is it, Royal. Charlie so this Royal. Is different Royal. people. Yeah, no, these are. Uh, uh, are you legally allowed? Like, if you're a Charles in the UK, are you legally allowed to marry a Diana? When did when did the British royal Charles and Diana marry? Would have been a similar time because these two got married in 1989. Oh, but it would have. I think just before that, probably earlier because the eighties. Yeah, the um, boys are both. Older than us, older than Dave and I. We were they would have in so these this couple would have absolutely copped it. And yeah, I can see why they were driven to yeah. a potential life of crime. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just need money to change my name. <laughs> I can't handle the jokes anymore. Yeah, well, they got a whole different level of jokes after this. I bet they were begging for the <laughs> the uh, prince and princess. Now they're getting jokes. Charles. Yeah. <clears throat> yes. Uh, that was the least of it. Anyway, we'll get to that. Um, so Charles, a soldier in the British Army, met Diana while she was studying to become a teacher. Uh, and they married in 89, had three daughters. I think she, she became a, a civil servant. And, he, yeah, he um, was promoted to the rank of captain in 1990, then major in 1996. So I think that's relatively high in the yeah. British Army. Yeah, pretty high. And that was, you know, that was in his early 30s, I guess. Uh, when he was on uh, the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire show in 2001, he was 37. Still pretty young age. Yeah, but very young. So much ahead of you. If you see, <laughs> you, you, you see him, it's funny how people in the past look older than oh, they were. Yeah. I would have guessed that he was 45, but yeah. that's that's just how time works. I look at Fashion old. back then, I guess people who were... In their mid-30s then and now in their 50s. So you go, and the fashion, you know, people stop changing their fashion. Not like yeah. me, I'm always up to date. Yeah. But, always wearing uh, your uh, Armani suit. Yes. Uh, by the way, I looked it up. Giorgio Armani is the cheaper line. Oh, that's interesting. Line. There's Emporio Armani and Giorgio Armani. Okay, oh. thank you. Thank you so much. I so did not realise that and I would never. I never, I don't want to get scammed down at the market. If I'm going to buy fake Armani, I'm going to make sure it's Emporio Armani. Yeah, it's the it's a good fake. Oh, do you know what? Maybe it's also that, like, we are still remembering that we were kids then and so people, yes. anybody over the age of, like, 18 looked 
ancient. Yeah, I reckon that's something in that as yeah, well. Yeah, but I also just think they weren't using SPF back then. <laughs> you know, they, they weren't as aware of the damages of the sun. Right. And weren't looking after their skin as well. And I think now, they now look at us. I feel like we're gripping onto our youth more now as well, like desperately yeah, not yeah. wanting to grow up. Yeah, but maybe that's maybe every generation thinks that. No, my parents had a couple of kids by now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what uh, are you talking about, goose? And a house. <laughs> yeah. Do they, they have do. a goose? They did. They never had a goose. Uh, listeners, Jess has a goose I or a guess. dog called goose. Anyway, a uh, goose called dog. So in 1999, while Who Wants to Be a Millionaire was hitting its popular peak. Ingram was sent to Bosnia for six months on United Nations peacekeeping duties. Back at home, his partner Diane was going millionaire mad. She loved it. She was a quizzer. She really enjoyed the quizzes. Her and her dad and her brother, they'd do the pub quiz and all that sort of stuff. They just love quizzes, love trivia. A real egghead. Yeah, real egghead. Oh, she would have loved the show that has the eggheads on it. What's that show called? What's it called? The Eggheads. It's called The Eggheads. Great. <laughs> What's that show with the eggheads? It's like it's got the eggheads it's on it. It's all based around the eggheads. And it's a show, I've said this before, it's a show that looks like everyone involved thinks it's a dress rehearsal. <laughs> no one's bringing any energy. <laughs> Someone's got to shout action. Is it the one where there's just like a panel of people? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then right. the, the challenges. And yeah. it just feels like they, are, yeah. They don't know they're on the air. It's safe to say that no one is wearing an arm on. So, yeah, Diana, big fan of the quiz shows, uh, as was her brother Adrian Pollock, and they became really obsessed when the show launched. In the early days, uh, when the way to get on was calling that premium number, Adrian and Diana did a lot. I think Adrian did, you know, a thousand times or whatever. He called it incessantly. Uh, he made it on the show a couple of times, including on the episode that aired on the 21st of January 2000. Unfortunately, his finger failed to be the fastest finger first, <laughs> so he did not get into the hot seat. Uh, he went back to the drawing board, trained hard, even building a fastest finger machine to practice on himself at home. So he's at home to in the in the shed on himself with his fastest finger a machine, fastest plugging finger away machine. on his fastest finger machine. Sometimes faster isn't always better. Um, but okay. Really gouging away. <laughs> the fastest finger machine. And when he was relaxed, he was ready for the show. <laughs> he brings it on with him. Oh, we're about to answer the question. Sorry, I've just got to use the fastest finger machine. Oh, and I'm ready. I'm good to go. Chris? Ask me the question. She's like, the show is over. Yeah. You took ages. <laughs> you take a while. <laughs> that was so long. Uh, what is wrong with you? <laughs> in his efforts to make it onto the show, he stumbled across a secret underground online community of quiz lovers called the Syndicate or the Consortium. Oh, my goodness. Uh, which was led by a guy from Hampshire in England named Paddy Spooner. And this Dave, he should be your hero. You're gonna I think you'll love this guy. Paddy Spoon. I already love him. This feels like it's a whole other thing. This doesn't really have that much to do with the topic, but it's a very fun little side thing and a way more intricate setup than what the alleged heist ends up being. According to Devin Ivey writing for Vulture, Spooner was a university dropout who primarily made his living through pub quizzes and tournaments prior oh. to his ascension as a game show contestant in his early 30s. So he went from making a living from pub quizzes 
But then he's he hits the big time. Oh, as in, like, he's winning meat trays and then selling those meat trays? Or just, like, living off yeah. of paying rent with a meat yeah. tray? Yeah, rocking up yeah. with, like, hey, landlord, I won two jugs of beer tonight. Yeah, here, here they you are. go. Here's one for you, one for me. I think that's fair. Cheers. <laughs> Hello, see you next month. Yeah, pays the rent. I'll come down. I'll be on your team whenever you like. Yeah. Landlord's team. Yep. Yeah, I'll no worries. I've got a $25 voucher for the pub. So, so, we good? We square? <laughs> I think I'm getting scurvy from my meat-only diet, but... <laughs> but, hey. But then I love it. And then he went professional. He went pro in yes. his 30s. Uh, so, that's when he became a prolific millionaire contestant and the first ever person to appear on multiple versions of the show. What? He went on in Australia, the UK, and Ireland. Just, like, travelling around to be on the show? Yeah, I think that's right. And each show, like the Australian version, the easy questions in Australia are very Australian specific. Yeah. Yes. And and that's the case elsewhere. So, uh, so it's like a, a question like uh, a, f- uh, a favourite pastime chocolate treat is a caramello what? Yeah. Wombat, kangaroo, <laughs> yeah, yeah. echidna or koala. And even the audience sometimes chuckles yes. at how easy it is. <laughs> of course, a, a caramello echidna, Eddie? No, it's not going to be that. Obviously but it, not. But if you don't know caramello yeah, koala... They're, they're that's just things like, you grow up with. Yeah, yeah. Like, what the hell is that? Yeah, exactly. So, But I, I don't know if he spent time enough time in each country... Because he did pretty well. He won a quarter of a mil in Australia, a quarter of a mil in the UK, but then he bombed out in, uh, in Ireland, winning uh, 1,000 euros. Oof. On the Irish version, uh, he did not know the name of Pierce Brosnan's baby. Very Irish-specific question, I guess. Pierce Brosnan's actual baby. Yes, I think so. <laughs> so it was obviously big in the news at the time yeah. or something, and oh. he maybe he was travelling around, he missed it. <laughs> oh, lock in koala. <laughs> So apparently he, he pulled an old coin out of his pocket and he flipped it, but he flipped wrong. So that was the €4,000 uh, question, and it, so he slipped back to the 1000 mm. Do we know the name of Pierce Brosnan's baby? I'm no. About it. I don't think I do. Uh, do you want me to look I it up? I think one of them might... I think he was originally at an award ceremony and he brought his two sons. I think I remember seeing that. That's nice. Pierce Brosnan's. I'll see if I can find the actual question with the. There's this great resource. <laughs> no, uh, of all the questions. Well, it doesn't have all the questions, but um, I use it a bit late. I'm going to ask a few questions. Are you just talking about the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire game? <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a fandom. Like I say, the quizzes are, are right into it. So a lot of the if your appearance if you appeared on there, you've probably got a photo on this wiki with your questions and that sort of stuff. Wow. Like, for instance, his fastest finger first uh, question on the Australian version was, by what stage name do we better know Helen Porter Mitchell, which is, I wouldn't have known. Dave, Dame Nellie Melbourne? Yeah, that's right. So that's that's quite an Australian question. Yes. Yeah. She's, but he got that. Yeah, he got that right. And then he got, yeah, got all the way through, um, including, like, his last question he, he got right for the quarter of a mil was, the last convicts transported from Britain arrived in Fremantle in what year? Oh, my goodness. 1848, 1858, 1868, 1878. And he got that right. So, I don't have a clue. Um, let me see if I can get to the Irish version. No, That's wild. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't ask that question there. Sorry. So does that mean then that they, like, they can't repeat questions ever? I think that's the idea. They try not to anyway. Which is wild, isn't it? Well, I I worked oh, on a, like a infinite another quiz show, uh, fact checking. Yeah, 
for a few years and part of that job was to check it against the database of questions that had been asked before so to make sure there were no double ups yeah right so that was one thing you could flag or if it's a question that could have multiple answers like yeah. it's too open ended yeah uh, and that or you could even you know just argue uh something else yeah. which was funny it was I got pretty good at it, but it was it was an interesting thing because you go, you'd get away with this in Trivial Pursuit because you know what the question means or yeah. a pub trivia night. But for the TV, you had to hold it to a higher standard because they could be like, technically uh, yeah. there was this Dick Smith version of the Caramello Koala called the Caramello Echidna or whatever. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. technically you could say that is true as well. So you'd yeah. have to like add in something like debuting in 1958. Yeah, that's right. Which is iconic Australian chocolate, yeah. you know. Um, Imagine debuting a chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> the big launch. <laughs> Cut the ribbon. Everyone's like, "Woo! Caramello Kawaii! We get to try and a they have one and they go, that's all right, I guess. Yeah, that's, that's fine. That's pretty good. If there was like a charity box going around and they were a dollar for a big one. Yeah! <laughs> woo! Uh, so his, his ch- children, he had five. So I don't know if it was a specific one at the time. But Paris, Charlotte, Christopher, Dylan and Sean. I, you reckon it would be probably something like Paris? Yeah, to, like, to be what's his noteworthy. Name? Is his kid's name Venice? What, what's this wacky kid's yeah. name? Yeah, and that's what it, a lot of times the early ones are that they're like sort of almost puns or yeah. wordplay yeah. on that. Um, anyway, sorry. Sorry Is about it that. Paris? Parisian? <laughs> yeah. Paris? <laughs> or, or Greg? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, this guy... Uh, Paddy Spooner, which I think is a fantastic name. Amazing name. Uh, he he became somewhat of an expert, and he was he was like the leader of this underground community, the consortium, uh, which he turned into a, a money making thing. Um, he brought together other like minded quizzers, and as fans of these kind of shows uh, called themselves quizzers, and he um, basically they sort of got together, figured out this is the easiest way to get on. These are the kinds of questions you're going to be asked uh, to get onto the show. And it just got really organised. And then they would start selling their service for a percentage of your winnings. Whoa. We'll get you onto the show and we'll take a cut from it. Right. Do they start selling their own fingering machines? <laughs> <laughs> Fastest finger machine? <laughs> yeah, it's just with their brand out, the this, consortium brand This one has side. a few settings. <laughs> Yeah. It's also got a slow setting. Yeah. I'll say start slow and find <laughs> find your speed. <laughs> it's Work called... your way up. Work your way up. Who wants to come in air? <laughs> it's a bit it's a bit clunky at the moment, but well, you know, that, that's <laughs> better than the original title, Come Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Is it no actually that's probably better, but Splash Mountain. Um oh. Who wants to climb Cum Mountain? <laughs> <laughs> but, that, but that's interesting. So, like, we'll get you on the show, but you if, say you win two hundred fifty thousand, we'll just take a cut. We'll of take that. a quarter or whatever Amazing. it is. Yeah. Uh, James Graham, who wrote the play and the TV series, which is called Quiz, which I was talking about before, talked to Bustle dot com about Spooner's Consortium, saying they were a series of expert quizzes and talented individuals who both grew to understand ways in which you could manipulate the phone line system to be selected to go on the show. And then offered a service to clients who hired them to help them get chairwise, is what they called it. <laughs> you want to get chairwise? Well, you talk to us. 
uh, which is basically how to. <laughs> it. it sounds like beat the bong. <laughs> you want to get chair yeah. How to work out being in the chair and how to play the game. Uh, and also, infamously, the phone a friend being diverted to this special secret room, which was filled with quiz experts <gasps> who would, as a team, help answer the phone a, fan, a phone a friend. So th- there'd be a few numbers that they'd give people. Say, so call this number. Um, it looks like it's going to, you know, you'll say it's your uncle uh, in Scotland. But it's actually being diverted to this room where there's a dozen of us. We're listening to it on speaker. And if it, whoever's got it will write down the answer and then oh, they'll be able to give it, it to And the first person's just like, oh, hi, Eddie. Oh, I'm yeah, so exactly. nervous. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Let me right. think. Let me think. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Waiting for somebody to write it down. Huh. I, ooh, <laughs> it's a toughie, isn't it? And then they just say the answer too confidently after that. <laughs> yeah. It's D. See ya. <laughs> it's D. Who wrote? Uh... Graham also said that Spooner believes nearly 10% of winnings in the UK show's history came through their system, which is valued at around £5 million. Spooner kept a sizable percentage of those winnings for himself and his consortium. So he was making good cash out of this. He sort of says, I never did anything wrong. It wasn't cheating. We just found loopholes. But that one feels That's like that one's <laughs> right on the edge. Getting of... you onto the show? Okay. But yeah. actually answering the phone with a room full of people, that surely that's... You've signed something. Yeah, that says because you... people who go about it in a legitimate way literally have their uncle in Scotland <laughs> yeah. and hope that he's he knows. Oh no, that's dodgy as oh, shit. Who did I mean, win the PGA genius. in '95? You know? It's yeah. Like... Oh, uh, Steve Elkington. <laughs> <laughs> I'd call my dad. For Jeez, that if one. that's right, that's fucking. So oh good. my goodness. Um, it's not. But you want me to Google? <laughs> don't you? You want to be right? That's. I know that isn't right, but. It was fun that I had an, and even had an answer yeah. from a golfer who was playing then. Holy fuck. No. no. What? Jess <laughs> is just holding up the answer. The Steve Elkington won the... P- that's weird. Do you PGA. think my brain knew that? PGA 1995 championship, Steve Elkington. His only major win. <laughs> Do you think my brain actually knew yeah, that? Yeah, I think you actually knew that. Oh, my God. That's, that's amazing. made me feel weird. <laughs> I've never even heard of him. No, nah, that is incredible. I got it. Yeah, I would like it. You did that. That has freaked me out a bit. Maybe I should go on the show. I think you should. There's no way I'd have the guts to lock that in, though, Eddie. You know oh. what I mean? I'd never lock that in. That's, yeah. that's the problem, Matt. You've got to believe in yourself. Oh, that is so wild. Oh, that has honestly tripped me out. <laughs> I'm feeling weird. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> You don't have to feel weird. You got oh. you got some trivia right. And if, even if it was like a guess, it was a good guess. And you won it in a sudden death playoff. Oh my god, that oh, is what's so happening? funny. That is so good. <laughs> I feel like I can't go on. No, but you have to. I must. Is the thing but... you must. You simply must go on. It's <laughs> <is> so wild. <laughs> okay. Um, the... <laughs> So after meeting with Spooner, so Adrian got on, on like a message board or something, one of these old school blog things online, um, He Adrian ended up meeting with Spooner but didn't use his services, possibly because the percentage of his winnings he'd lose to the consortium was too high, <laughs> which is interesting because you'd be like, if that is true, I don't, or maybe it was like, I actually don't want to go, I don't want to 
yeah. out and out cheat maybe because he was a quizzer. Like that's the weird thing about it. You'd feel like the people who love it would also love the purity of it. That, For sure. It wouldn't have, it wouldn't feel very satisfying to yeah, win a quiz through sort of dodgy means. Yeah, pull your phone out and just Google the answer. Yeah. Like, getting on there, I, I understand that kind of help. You'd be yeah, like, there's a lot of luck involved. And you're desperate to play. And they also, there was a lot of um, sort of conspiracy theories going through the community, like, they don't want us real quizzes. We're too boring to be on there. So they... they, they, they <laughs> no, co- not that we're too good. We're yeah. too boring. We're too boring. That's so sad. So they Stick th- to the eggheads, mate. There were things like, uh, you know, like Adrian thought... Um, I think it was Adrian who thought, you know, don't. He was Welsh. Oh, he's Welsh, and he's like, don't speak with a Welsh accent. Try and almost sound robotic when you call in because they don't want any of these sort of regional dialects. They, they want a robot. Yeah, which doesn't. I don't. They think don't want should, any diversity. Yeah, surely you'd want on a show. You'd want more interesting. So it's, yeah, it's strange things like that. Um, That's funny. And then they'd also have these thoughts like, when you're on there, you got to. They'll give you easier questions if you're being interesting. You know, they want you to keep uh, going. To keep you on. So, yeah, you've got to make it, bring some drama to the show. And that's Hello! <laughs> be a robot. Be interesting, you know. Try and come up with All your own. All these things are definitely. Come up with your own catchphrase. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mummy wants pie. <laughs> Every time you get one right. That, honestly, they have such bizarre celebrities in, in the UK. It would not surprise it me. Isn't, it isn't. What it, is it, people, celebrity culture does seem different over people there. People are, oh, oh, Jack Jones, a.k.a. the Mummy wants pie man. <laughs> <laughs> and then they go on Strictly Come Dancing. <laughs> I think my my idea of this is just based on the fact that Peter Andre was a big star there for a long time. I'm like, they do have weird celebrities there, don't they? <laughs> mummy wants pie. <laughs> the mummy wants pie guy. Well, I relate. I can relate. I relate. <laughs> mummy got to eat pie. Correct answers. That's my pie. We're going to just say the, the fact that they think that the, the questions are rigged is way less surprising to me now that we've done the bonus report on the $64,000 yes. question and the controversy behind a game show and getting people that are interesting. That's right. Producers yeah. selecting people. Because they definitely, in the 50s, they were. The dodginess was happening on the other side of the camera. Totally. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> all right, Jack, say the line. <laughs> Mummy wants pie. I feel uh, dizzy from laughing too hard. So he, he'd already been on a couple of times, but didn't his fast finger wasn't fast enough. Um, so, but he kept trying to get on the show. And on the eighth of September, uh, two thousand, he he made it back. Only this time, he was better prepared. He'd had around seven months to practice on his machine. <laughs> he he was strategized. Re- Relaxed. He sounds like he had theories that some of them maybe were right and some of them were nonsense maybe, but he was ready. But unfortunately, yet again, his finger wasn't fast <laughs> enough. Because so. someone else is literally just going, I'm going to lock in B no matter what. B. That's true, but this one you have to get the four in order, so much harder to to get lucky on that. You know, it's B, D, A, C or whatever the order is. Um, I'm gonna. I'm about to ask you a question uh, as an example of what one of these might have been. Oh God! Um, Get your fingers at the ready, Dave. Yeah. Well, I've had my machine going under the table for hours. Because 
Adrian did not give up. He came back uh, for a fourth time ago on the 23rd of December. Jason, think what are the body Grinches there at, at Millionaire yeah. HQ making yeah. Chris Tarrant work on Christmas Eve Eve? Um, <laughs> but this is was his fastest finger first question on his fourth attempt. Dave, you say well, I don't know. It's hard without the uh, a machine that you've devised and built yourself to do this. But DCBA. Okay. Oh my god, Dave! That's the. Oh my god, that is correct. <laughs> you're, you're, you're shitting me. I'm not shitting you're you. Shitting. See that? Oh my god! What is happening today? <laughs> oh my god! Oh, you on it? I'm feeling so weird. What's happening? <laughs> that's even weirder than Steve Elkington, isn't it? Yeah. No, Steve Elkington's so weird. <laughs> if right. you're listening, Steve Elkington, you're Dave doesn't mean weird. you're weird. <laughs> yeah. Although maybe you are. Well, we really don't know much about you. <laughs> so I've just gone bang, 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 DCBA to try and get in the That is so weird. Okay. Yeah, give it to me. Give it to me. I'll have a go. Starting with the smallest, <laughs> put, these answer, uh, put the answers to these sums in their correct order. A, half of 10, B, third of nine, C, quarter of eight, D, fifth of five. It, Plus one, two, three, four. Is that right? Uh, it DCBA. Took, it took... Dave, one second, although he didn't, hadn't even seen the question, uh, took Adrian 7.1 seconds, Whoa. which was the fastest <laughs> time. He got it. He did it. But I reckon I could have beaten that without. Yeah, I without. think you probably could have, yeah. But that is, <laughs> but the fact cares, that you got it. Oh, man, that's wild. Cheat of the system. So, <laughs> so he finally got to the, the hot seat. I watched it last night as well, yeah. and it was Chris Tarrant knew that he'd been there so often. He was saying, making jokes like, you've been here more than me yeah. and stuff like that. Coming up next, a real loser. <laughs> yeah. And when he said stuff like, oh, geez, you, you, you're obviously pretty desperate. And it was kind of full on. But um, uh, he goes, you, you're really desperate to be on here. And Adrian replied, some people want a bungee jump. Some people want a paraglide or whatever it is. But this is what I wanted to do. This to him was the equivalent of bungee jumping. This is my cocaine. But he was like, he, he was hard not to like. Just, just come across as a real sweet guy. Loves quizzes. Bit of a Welsh accent. Yeah, just Beautiful. a very, very soft Welsh accent. Um, yeah, it was, it was cool. It was, it was fun to watch. Uh, once he was there, he was doing great. He answered the first ten questions without needing a lifeline. No, oh, that's great. But then on the £64,000 question, he became stumped. Uh, this was the question. In the USA and Canada, Labor Day is celebrated in which month? Do you guys know this? May, July, September or November? I'd try to think what uh, in Melbourne what our Labor Day month is, and I, I got it wrong. Yeah, when's Labor Day? I think I... I can't remember. I looked it up, and I'm like, oh, that's not what I would have guessed. I'd... Is Labor Day earlier in the year, or is it... Because we have like a run of months where we have public holidays all the time. Is it yes. March? Yeah, I, was, I would have said March. There's a because and then there's a big gap. But it, because you or is it you, one of the later ones? It's different in every state in Australia. Have pretty we much. just had it? <laughs> Did we just have it recently? Is it more like September? No, it's not, no, there's nothing in September. I don't. I never. I never get the public holidays off with my job. Yeah, so me you're right. The second Monday of March each year. Okay. Yeah. It is okay. March but so, what are the options for the US Canada one? So it is May, July, September, or November. But well, I've got Fourth of July. Yes, and, and they have different. a Labor Day weekend. They yeah. talk about that's right. But I would guess September. Okay, Jess. What were the other options? Sorry, May, July, or November. 
So it's it happens when um, when you got the eight hour day. I think is when it's celebrated. So that's why in Australia states have it at different times of the year. Yeah. Um, but then I read that one of the wars meant that it, they got changed as well for some yeah, reason. Right. So, it's, but it was funny because on one of the wiki pages, someone in the comments said something like, I can't believe he was stumped by this. Even if he's not from either of those countries, he should know. Because I think they were from America or Canada and they... <laughs> They okay. thought for some reason that surely it's famous enough. Yes, I'm sure there's people yelling at their iPods at home right now. Remember, we don't live there. Yeah. We couldn't, we could barely name our own. Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't, I wouldn't have been able to name ours, I don't think. No, but that's the thing, yeah, I've never had them off. I've never had public holidays off. That's Yeah, that's right. That's the other thing. Working at a supermarket or any jobs yeah. I've done, you never really get I've always worked retail, those. customer service, or radio, and radio doesn't stop, unfortunately. In, at school, I would probably would have been able to tell you. Yeah, oh, definitely. Because you have them circled in your diary. But. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he didn't know. He used his 50-50 lifeline, which oh, left dude. only May and September. Oh, okay. that doesn't help me either. Which he also said he was leaning towards May, but he, he hadn't said that yet. He called his dad, so he had no, he used no to, uh, lifelines, and all of a sudden he'd used two on this Whoa. one. But he had a free hit, remember, because he's on the 32000 mm. He's risking nothing, but he can double his money here. He called his dad, fellow trivia fan, like I said, him and uh, his his uh, sister and his dad used to do it together. Uh, his dad said he thought it was May. Adrian asked how sure he was, and his dad replied, about 50%. <laughs> it's unhelpful, Dad. <laughs> Which got a laugh in the audience. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, good stuff, Dad. Um, and that was sort of the way that Adrian was leaning anyway, so he locked it in. Unfortunately, it was wrong. Wow. Dave was right. It was September. Oh, good job, Dave. But he left with 32,000 pounds. Good little Bunsen burner. That's yes, not exactly. bad at all, As they'd say it? over there. Nice little Bunsen. Maybe you should have asked the audience as well. Yeah, that's well, he would regret that in the end, I assume, because you're like, you want to hold them back yeah, if you think course. you're right. But, like, if you're going to be wrong, you may as well use them all. Yeah, exactly. Um, but if you've got nothing to lose, you're taking a punt, you're going to double your money, surely I would be going, I want, I'll throw everything at this question and then leave. That makes sense, I guess, in hindsight. But, it, but if you're thinking, I thought it was that, yeah. it's yes. kind of confirmed yeah. it for me, thought, I'll save yep. this one and maybe I'll get up get to the further. 125,000. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so um, it was funny. The Chris Tarrant reaction was like, oh, you've worked so hard to get here, but that's not too bad. And he's like, yeah, it's good. It's, it's amazing. It's £32,000. Like, Adrian seemed quite happy with it. That's a lot of money. I mean, obviously I've given up full-time work for the last three years to get yes. here. So, uh, but anyway. It's not quite three years' wage. <laughs> yeah. but, in, um... in the uh, quiz version of the show, apologies for spoilers, If you maybe you want to watch that first um, or not, I don't know, uh, but... Um, they sort of portrayed it. He was pretty shady. He's like, I needed more money. I'm actually in a bit of money trouble, oh, so I needed some more. Um, but out watching him, it didn't seem like that. Eh? He yeah. seemed quite happy. Um, so now it was over to his sister, Diana. She made it onto the show on the 24th of March, 2001, but didn't have a fast enough finger. Come on. So they're going, geez, this... And and then they're sometimes, you know, each other's friend in the audience. You'd always have a friend sitting in the yeah. audience so that the, the host could sort of have a chat to them as well. So they're starting to notice. They're like, geez, this family's in here a lot. Um, but then uh, she went back through on the 9th of April and made it through to the hot seat. And Adrian was her friend in the audience. And, you know, it's like, it's a, 
Yeah. I couldn't find footage of this one. It was it was geo-blocked or something. But I imagine Trish Sarah's going, familiar face yeah. up there. Hey, you can't stay away. <laughs> Real funny stuff yeah, like that. Oh, you're stalking me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so her question was, for the fastest finger first, if you can get this one. Starting with the fewest, put these in that. Or do you want to have a guess? To, there's no way you can get this uh, right again. B, C, A, D. No, that's right. Imagine. Imagine that. Imagine. Just for a second, guys. Uh, so this question was, same with the fewest, put these national flags in order, the number of stars on each. Oh, my goodness. China, USA, Israel, New Zealand. I would go Israel, New Zealand. Uh, what were the other ones? China, China. USA. China, USA, yeah. That's correct, yes. She got it in 5 seconds 38. I reckon wow. maybe she would have... I wish would have written me, but if I'd had it written in front of me because I blanked on yeah, that's uh, true. the options where I was like... Because, oh. you know, you think of the US, you know, that's maximum stars. Yeah, it's 50. And China's got a sprinkling around there. Yeah, so, New yeah. Zealand 4, Israel 1. So, um, yeah, maybe you, you would have been in the ballpark there. No, she, she, she got me. She got me. It's okay, Dave. <laughs> it's all right, mate. I, if I could ever have some, a friend on a show like that, it would be you. I'd... I think you'd be, out of everyone I know, you'd be so good at that show. Yeah. And I'd get question one and be like, Caramello Kangaroo? Steve <laughs> Elkington. <laughs> yeah, I'll get a Steve Elkington. I've never even heard that name. This, it's just so vast. It's Because general knowledge is quite general. Yeah. Which is one of the funny things that in the, in the quiz dramatisation, they showed them practising, like in the lead up to being on. Craig David's... What, on Monday, what did he do in the song? Whatever that song is. Met this girl on Monday. Monday. <laughs> yeah. Took her for a drink on, on Tuesday. Tuesday. We, we were making love by Wednesday. Wednesday. And on Thursday and Friday and Saturday, we chill on Sunday. Okay, you, well, you'd have that one. you got to rest when you're just banging. <laughs> and that's how I learnt the days of the week in Spanish. Too. <laughs> that's right. Met this girl on Lunes. <laughs> Took her for a drink on Martes. <laughs> we were making love on Miracoles. And on Jueves, Viernes, Sabado, we chill on Domingo. <laughs> that's beautiful. That's beautiful. <laughs> so she got the first seven questions right without needing a lifeline, so doing quite well. But it's funny, you get through a lot of questions early and you're, you're not up to big money still, so... She was up to the £8,000 question when she had to ask the audience. This is the question. Uh, Which of these is not a genuine region of Australia? So for us, this is an easy one. Well, let's find out. I know. So she used the ask ask the audience. So it's A, Northern Territory, B, South Australia, C, Western Australia, or D, Eastern Territory. D. It's D. That's that's correct. She, yes! She asked the audience. 91% of the audience knew it was D, which That's is right. interesting. So, the, yeah, for some reason the English audience... We don't have audience... that many. Yeah. Like, it feels like you could have a quick look at a map and clock them all. Diane. And I, Well, I guess the... <laughs> bit of geography wouldn't kill you, would it? And, it, and maybe, because I haven't seen it, maybe she was leaning towards it. I'm not sure. Mm. Um, no, I say she's an idiot. But, it, but because 91% of the audience, you go, oh, they, they're obviously learning about their little colonies in school or something. Isn't that sweet? Because, I mean, I'd, I'd really battle with their counties. Of course. Although watching it, uh, one of the questions that came up on the show, the dramatisation of it, they were all stumped on. I knew it. was like, which of these four only shares a border with one other county? I'm like, that's Cornwall because it's tucked down there in the... Yeah, Nice. Great Down work. there on the left. And they, and they were stumped on the show. But I bloody knew it. 
And I'm like, isn't that weird? You'd think in England you'd know that. I wonder how many counties there are in in England. I think that's quite a few. Because we've got six states and two territories. Like, it's pretty. See, that's the guy I would have to, I'd get my fingers out if that was a question. All right, so what have we got? (laughs) We got Tasmania, one. I should be able to remember the six. Yeah, there's only six and two. Like, that's where it gets you because Northern Territory is in the state. That's where it's, they get you. They get you there every time. But is Eastern Territory a <laughs> Yes. So she she went with the 91%, which was smart because that was correct. And she got through to the £16,000 question, which was, Jess, I reckon you'd uh, know this one, but she needed a laugh line on this one yeah. as well. <laughs> or is it, or is it um, like a... a... <clears throat> What's periodic your... table. Oh, that's... Like one of the first That would 12. be a really handy one. Just though. in order. I don't know their symbols. What's your other uh, fandom? Um, I don't know. With whom did Dolly Parton sing a <gasps> duet on the chart hit Islands in the Stream? Oh, my God. But it's like one that, I mean, I'm I'm no huge Dolly fan and I know this yeah. pretty well. Uh, Garth Brooks, Kenny Rogers, Vince Gill or James Ingram? It is James Which is interesting. <laughs> Love your work, James. <laughs> Kenny. Uh, so she called a friend Russell, and I think again she probably was leaning towards it, but was playing it safe. And uh, he said that he was confident it was Kenny Rogers. So she locked that in, moved on to the thirty-two thousand question, which was, uh, which of these is a type of shark: matron, doctor, nurse, or surgeon? <laughs> See, they've done a joke one. Yes, there. that's right. Yeah, so they'll do that sort of is stuff. Is a type of shark? Yeah, I. I looked nurse. at it and I went... This was a nurse, right? I didn't know this, but that is correct, yes. Brain nurse? Which she, she locked in. I reckon I would have guessed matron. I'm like, that, that somehow... Or surgeon? Nurse just does, doesn't ring any bells to me, but that was correct. Hopefully I'll remember it now. I just got to think in my head, oh, those nurses, they're real sharks. <laughs> but matrons, they're not. They're not. There we go. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Surgeons... <laughs> Not sharks. Not sharks. Okay. Yeah, I've got to remember that. Surgeons, surgeons not, not sharks. sharks. Just in case I'm ever on a quiz show like this yeah, yeah. and they ask the same question. And you'll just yell, surgeons, not sharks. Nurse shark. <laughs> That's not one of the what options. <laughs> uh, but like her brother, she got stuck again on the $64,000 no. question, which was, who wrote the nonsense poem, The Hunting of the Snark? Does that ring any bells, Dave? That's got to be a Lewis Carroll, right? Oh, my God. That is a Lewis Carroll. He's the nonsense poem guy. So Without her, even the four options, you've gone for it. Well done. The options were uh, G.K. Chesterton, Ooh. Hilaire Belloc, oh Edward God. Lear, or Lewis Carroll. Lewis Carroll's the only one I've heard of. Her first instinct was Edward Lear, but she also thought it might have been Lewis Carroll. She decided to go with her gut, which they say you never go with your gut. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that's what she locked in, though, and yeah. It was incorrect. The correct answer was Lewis Carroll. Oh. So both Diana and her brother Adrian went home with the same thirty-two thousand pounds. Is there a brother in the crowd yelling, "No, no, <laughs> loser"? Someone yelling out "No" from the crowd is a funny idea. <laughs> oh, oh, he's loving it because it means she's not better than him. Not one up, one upping him uh, or more. Sibling rivalry. Yes. Suck it. <laughs> well, in. in, in if, if you believe the dramatisation, which at the start they do say some parts of this have been changed for the drama, but in it she gives a lot of her winnings for him to pay off his debts, Aww. which still isn't enough. So I reckon he's probably barracking for her. Yeah. Um, so they'd both been on, neither could return now. This is their, their big dream, but they can't go back, so they're a bit, ah. bit shattered, unless they go to Australia or something, which I wonder if they considered. 
Um, She's like, oh, I'll book a flight for the Eastern Territory. <laughs> Stupid idiot. You absolute fool. You're, like, not, you're not getting yeah. anywhere. And on the way over, I'll read a book by Edward Lear. <laughs> <laughs> But they were they were keen to somehow you know get get back on there maybe to win some more money to help pay off this debt or for whatever reason they just loved it. Um, luckily, her, her husband Charles hadn't made it through yet. He wasn't a big quizzer like them. <laughs> He's got no interest. <laughs> He's got. It seems like he has no real interest Charles, in trivia. Please yeah, live out our dream. <laughs> yeah. a, a big part of any kind of relationship, particularly in like a marriage, is is you know taking interest in your partner's passions. <laughs> yes. And supporting them through that. You don't have to be equally as passionate, but you've got to be supportive. Yeah, so, and that's what he did when she called up for him and uh, registered him on the show, apparently. <laughs> Hello, I am Charles. Hello, everybody. My <laughs> name is Charles. I would like to be on the show. Thank you. My well, wife is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> he just doesn't compliment her enough. She has to do it herself in character. Um. Hello. <laughs> So he... Is that convincing, Dave, if I called you? So convincing. Hello, Dave. <laughs> Charles, is that you? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, buddy. So he actually first got in... Um, she was obviously trying for both of them... Uh, or if that's even true. I mean, again, that was on the, the quiz dramatisation that she caught up for him. But um, he was he got in but didn't have a fast enough finger before she even got through for her hot seat go on the 27th of January. Um, but then they also went on together on a couple special couples episode on the 24th of March. Oh, is this before his own solo appearance? Before both of them made it to hot seat, oh. yeah. Um, but both of their fingers together were still not fast enough oh, to get through that on. hot seat. Uh, but he made it again on uh, what was due to the episode that was due to air on the 15th of September that was filmed on the 9th um, of September. And uh, well, I already told you, but the filming goes through to the 10th of September. Um, because he he was on still at the end of the episode. So he practised 20 minutes a day on the fastest finger-first machine that his brother-in-law has made. Um, wasn't a big quiz fan, but was a you know an intelligent guy. Maybe didn't necessarily have the, the love of the trivia. Was smart, but those things are probably not the same, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm smart. Yeah, IQ is not the same as, as knowing trivia. Yeah. Necessarily, and that's what he's maintained since. Yeah. Um, Thanks um, for neither of you uh, rolling your eyes when I said I was smart. That means a lot to me. Thank you. Of course you're smart, Bob. Hey. <laughs> Stop ruffling my hair. Hey, hey car. Hey, little bud. Aren't you? you're all right. Car. Anyone who got 69 on the enters, that's a nice level yeah, exactly. of intelligence. It's hard to get there. Yeah, yeah, hard to pull that off. Well, when you do all art subjects, it's surprisingly <laughs> easy. But you had to do some maths to make sure you got 69. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like I say, that's top third. Mm. Um. So I'm going to walk you through how things went down on the show. Uh, and I figure while we're doing why not go through all his questions at the same time? I think it's a bit of fun. That way I can tell you when, because I've, I've watched uh, the replay. took a while for the footage to come out, I should say, uh, when uh, they, they ended up pulling the episode. It was meant to go out oh, on the 15th. Oh, before it aired. But it never aired. Uh-huh. They put it out since... 
there is conjecture about how if, if they've boosted up the sound of coughs and those sort of things. <laughs> Enhance. Enhance, yeah, to make it seem maybe worse than it was or whatever. But let's talk it through. Um, Love this. Obviously, you two are at a disadvantage. This, when this episode was filmed, you were both 11 mm-hmm. and it was in England. So you, it's going to be harder for you than it was for a 37-year-old Englishman. <laughs> Interesting. Um, but together, we would have been 22. Yeah. That's, that's true. Uh, Dave, you got a real advantage, although I think Jess would know this one too, but it's a real playing into your... Um, Clock in Hercule Poirot. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> Well, not exactly, but it is. I imagine if I be Poirot. But it is a Poirot-related question, yes. Belgian. You are ridiculous. But it's an order thing, so you've got to put these uh, words in the order they occur in the title of the Agatha Christie thriller, Nile on Death the. Death on the Nile. So I think you you probably would have beaten Charles here. Uh, His time was 3.97 seconds. Pretty quick still. That is quick. Well, you know, under the pressure of it all. Yeah, because it's so easy to sit here and be like, I'd I'd, I'd be so quick on the the pressure. Uh, You're sitting on a buzzing chair. Not not everyone got this right. I think... think 70 or 80% of them got it. But I Nile imagine... the death on. Someone well, yeah. Wrote... yeah, what other order? But the, 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 I reckon you're going real quick. You know, the stands out as the first word there. Yeah, maybe. Oh, yeah. And, or maybe people are literally doing what I said before and just going bang, 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 bang. Yeah, try I'll try your luck. Yeah. I'm the not death that on fast, Nile. so I'm just going to have a stab. Um, so, yeah, so he gets through CBDA. Was <laughs> You know how he got it through. Then uh, he got through the first five questions without much drama. Thousand pounds. Here's the question: On which of these would you air laundry? And this is what we're talking about before—the kind of jokish ones: a clothes dog, a clothes horse, mm. a clothes rabbit, or a clothes pig. Clothes pig. <laughs> oh, I agree. Lock it in. <laughs> Lock in D. Clothes pig. Clothes pig. Come on, clothes pig. Chris is like, do you want to read the question again? No, <laughs> no. no. Clothes pig. I know what I call one. My one at home. Uh. Yeah, that, I mean, that's the kind of thing you go, you find this obscure novelty thing. It's a, in the shape of a pig. You go, this is what I'd dry my clothes on. Yeah. You could probably make, but no one's getting that wrong. So it's, of course, clothes horse. I know you guys have been very funny. All right, sorry. <laughs> Please sorry, take Dad. this seriously. Sorry, Dan. That was for 100 pounds. We're having a bit of fun. Which is worth, <gasps> We've got you know, two like, sandwiches. So that's the first question. That's the first question. We're going out for like a nice dinner together. 100 pounds. With that, that's great. All right, mate. How nice It's like 250 about? bucks. Yeah, that's that's nice. It was when I was in the UK the first time. I think it's probably about 200 bucks now. But that's anyway, not bad. That's whatever. not bad. 100 bucks each. That's a nice let's, dinner. Let's have Dinner and a hey, couple of cocktails. Let's share garlic bread. Oh, what do you reckon? Please. For the table? For ourselves. <laughs> I'd chips love for the table. table. Chips for the table? Love to break garlic bread. By the way, can we have chips for the table with lunch today? Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Already thinking about it. <laughs> oh, that, that doesn't bode well for the, how <laughs> enthralling this report is. Honestly, it's very, it's super interesting. It's really Because interesting. I am a big quiz fan, loved Who Wants to Be a Millionaire back in the day, but I haven't seen the dramatization. I don't know the story, so mm. this is cool. So, uh, question two for £200. What name is given to a person who is against increasing the powers of the European Union? Prick. <laughs> Eurosceptic, Eurostar, Eurotrash, or Eurovision? Eurostar, I believe. Sceptic. Eurosceptic is correct. Oh, sorry, yeah, we're taking it seriously. No, we're not. That was my joke answer. <laughs> I think Eurovision, another little bit of a joke answer. So they have a bit of fun in the early ones. See, what, what Eurovision actually is is a singing competition. <laughs> so that's a bit of fun. That's a bit of fun. Eurostar, I think that, that's a star. Yeah, I think that's a star. Which is in that. I think that wasn't too far away from making the, the block 
topics. I think that was in the vote, and I uh, think people Eurovision always. Was... It's a pretty popular topic, because um, Australia's in the Eurovision as well, of course. I think it loses votes in America because maybe they're less aware of what it is. Big thing in Europe and Australia for some reason. <laughs> uh, question three for three hundred pounds: What is butterscotch? Shortbread, pavement game, garden flower, or brittle toffee? Brittle toffee. Correct. Yum. For five hundred pounds, which of these is the nickname for the f- for a famous Scottish army regiment? Black cat, black widow, black sea, or black watch? Black what? cat, black widow, black sea, or black watch? Black watch. Ooh, yeah. Correct. But uh, like I, yeah, you don't have any confidence. Exactly, just sounds the. But obviously yeah. for him that would have been quite yeah, straightforward. For sure. Yep. yep. Uh, for thousand pounds, first safe point. The Normans who invaded and conquered England in 1066 spoke which language? I wonder if you know this without... I feel like this is one I would have known Probably for some reason. French. French. It is French. Correct. I knew that one. Yeah. Other options were German, Norwegian or Danish. Genuinely surprised. <laughs> and you know where I learnt that? Where in time is Carmen Sandiego? Oh, great. See, people say don't give kids too much screen time. I learnt a lot from that game. Exactly. And probably from The Simpsons too. Yeah. So. Yeah, most trivia I know is from The Simpsons. Yeah, so honestly, the more screen time, the better. That's screen why time? <laughs> screen time. <laughs> <laughs> ah! <laughs> more screen time. Just ah! Cut to Dave just right, screaming in their face. Scream time. <laughs> scream at Daddy. <laughs> or it's you showing them the, what, 1996 film Scream. <laughs> it's scream time. Scream time. What's your favourite scary movie, kiddo? <laughs> Mine's a scientist. <laughs> Uh, so question... So we're at the safe level. Congratulations, Jess. We did We've gone home. So you the and the major have all made it to at least £1,000. How fancy is our dinner going to be now? Like, too fancy. Yeah, it'd be too much. Like, they're bringing out food I've never even heard of. Yeah. You start, you're shouting the bar. <laughs> yeah, fine. I guess I've got... Somehow, for some reason, they've paid us in this a tab for this place. <laughs> <laughs> we can't and, and cash we, it out. I mean, we can't go multiple times. It's no, got to be in the one it's night. One sitting, so we're like, oh, fine. Fuck. Get a bottle of Beaujolais for the, <laughs> yeah. for the room. Yeah. Is that a drink? Is that, is that enough? Is that, a, is that a drink? Is that enough? Probably. It sounds fancy. That's more than our tab. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's let's bring that back a bit then. Yeah, well, chicken nuggets for the room. <laughs> so, can I just say, at this stage, have we heard any coughing? I don't know. There's no coughing. Or are you going to say that later? I oh, know I'm going to. I'll go through it yeah. as I watched it, um, and I re- I see it a little bit different from maybe how it's portrayed. Some of the coughs, I'm like, I'm not. They're like clearly this was a cough. I'm like, that didn't seem like it fully linked Is the up. The idea but... of the cough to give away an answer. Yes. So supposedly they, but they haven't. Supposedly they haven't set up this scheme yet. This is day one. Oh, okay. They gotcha, come up gotcha. with the scheme supposedly after. Because I was just thinking, like, if it's the first question and they're coughing on B, you'd be like, "I fucking know that idiot." Yeah, Shut yeah. Shut up. Yeah, that would be frustrating. Yeah. yeah. All right. You're yelling out. Yes. <laughs> All right. That's easy. I know it's Black Watch. <laughs> Thanks for trusting me. I'm in the army. I know that better than you. <laughs> Shut up, Diane. <laughs> Sorry about that, Chris. Can, can we just get her my, a lozenge? Jesus. My wife. I get her name wrong to annoy her. <laughs> Diane. Diane. Cop that. Yuck. Uh, so question six for £2,000. He needed a lifeline. I reckon you would too. If you, well, if come on. The English version of this, I think, uh, like the Australian version of this, we 
probably would maybe know. Actually, I probably wouldn't because it'd be about home and away. Uh, maybe well, in the nineties, I don't know. Coronation Street. Yes. <laughs> Jeez, that's good. Yeah, you're incredible. Uh, in Coronation Street, who is Audrey's daughter? Any ideas? <laughs> no. Janice, Gail, Linda, or Sally? Sally. He yeah. la- he laughed. He's like, I've never seen that show. He's like, maybe it's on TV sometimes. I've... So Audrey's daughter. Yes. Generationally, there's no way for me that Audrey is having a Gail. Yeah. Or what it's, was it? It's Linda or Sally. What was, what was B? Janice, Gail, Janice. Linda or they're all, Sally. They're older than Audrey names. Linda so. or Sally. So I know Audrey's a classic name, but when it comes around. So Sally. I, I say Sally. Uh, I said that before and you didn't react. But I mean, I mean, we don't know. We don't know if Audrey is. Maybe she's really old. You know, she, she it might is, be a nana. It can also be. So I'm not. Janice. Name. Gail. So oh, do you want? Do you want the ask the audience result? Yes. Because it's quite helpful. Yes, I do. Eighty-nine uh, percent said Gail. Gail. Oh, my theory did not hold up. <laughs> uh, so he locked in. Gail went with the audience. Clever use of that question, I guess. Was it the whole yeah. audience coughing? <laughs> <laughs> right, who, won, who reckons me? Cough, 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 cough. He was looking good to the first five. Now he's down one uh, lifeline. He burns another lifeline on question seven for £4,000. Uh, the river foil is found in which part of the United Kingdom? England, Scotland, Northern Ireland or Wales? Another one that's probably trickier for us. The river foil. 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 Does that sound... What's Foil's War? That was like an ABC yeah. sort of it's an on- ongoing. Uh, is it World War One show? But it's it's like a guy solving crimes around the war. Right. Oh, that so that's sounds, sort of the back, backdrop. That My sounds like, like a show it. that fits right on ABC. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, <laughs> that big, feels like a robot's made that's, that. That's big Saturday night viewing. <laughs> that's amazing. They've got crime solving match with a world war. Yeah. That could not be any more. <laughs> ABC, but probably a BBC show, which is what a lot of those ABC shows are. Mm. Um, so options are again: England, Scotland, Northern Ireland, or Wales. Foil. So he didn't know. He phoned a friend. Uh, do you want to go with his phone a friend, Gerald? Do you trust Gerald? I'm going to just guess Northern Ireland, but then what does Gerald say? Well, you're doing better now because you haven't burned a lifeline, but you got the question right. He also says Northern well Ireland. Your team is going great. great this work, dinner Gerald. is getting more and more elaborate. Oh. More Beaujolais. <laughs> Apologies for the people yelling at their iPod. Beaujolais is a colour or whatever. <laughs> That's a soft purple. <laughs> more Beaujolais. <laughs> We've just bought a colour. I'm in the fanciest restaurant. And they're going, okay. You're ordering a colour. <laughs> okay, I'll bring it out. Uh, they call you bluff. <laughs> So his friend Gerald says, I'm 99% sure that it's Northern Ireland. He went with that, got the £4,000, and then that sound went off. (laughs) A goat. (laughs) Uh, Which means he has to come back the next uh, show. Um, He's got one lifeline up his sleeve of the 50-50, and he's on £4,000. So the the production team's going, well, he won't last much longer than this. He hasn't gone too well. He's burnt. Couple of phone of friends early, a uh, couple of lifelines early. He didn't know where Foil was. At the end of the episode, Chris Tarrant reads out the names who are going to appear on the next episode. Oh, yeah. For the fastest finger first. Diana recognizes one of these names um, Tequin Whitock. Tequin. <laughs> that's a name uh, you remember. Yeah. Oh, a, that's good. A Welsh name, I assume. He's a ah. Welshman, a Welsh university lecturer. Uh, she knew his name as he was a fellow quizzer. It's from the quizzing community. 
Um, one, one that her brother Adrian had actually helped mentor. Apparently, Whitok noticed that Adrian had been on the show multiple times. Like, oh, this guy keeps coming up. He figured out who he was. He went over to his place. What? And he asked for help. He's like, how do you get on? I, I, I like quizzes. I'd love to get on. And Adrian, I think maybe was a bit flattered by this or something, and he, he helped mentor him, took it quite seriously. Um, and, yeah, so that that's why Diana, uh, and he, I think he even asked Diana to help. She never met him, only spoke to him on the phone, but she she recognised his name. She called him that night uh, for about five minutes. It's unclear, like, the two sides say the conversation was about something different. The show and the prosecution, they say that this phone call was setting up the the system, the coughing system. Uh, Diana says she knew him and she mentored him. She called him to congratulate him to, on making it through to the show. Yeah, hey, I heard you're going to be on the show. That's cool. Which is believable. Five minutes. And the the opposition yeah. would say, I don't know, that's, what do you call it? The defense would say, you reckon they set up a whole coughing system in f- a five-minute phone call? Yeah, that seems pretty elaborate. Um, so, yeah, so that's, that's an interesting point, but that, that is how supposedly it was set up. The following day, Charles fronts up again, wearing the same polo shirt, beautiful polo shirt. Same Armani polio. Polio. <laughs> polio. Yeah, it was a while ago. They hadn't had the cure for uh, polio shirts yet. Um, but they, it was, yeah, it's just like a real 90s looking polo, patches of blue and red and whatever. Uh, and and uh, our man, Matthew McFadden, McFadden, he wears the same one in the show. Beautiful. Oh, they got it for him. So I watched it. I'm like, that's a fu- that's a fun shirt. And I could, it was the exact same shirt. I'm like, that is fantastic. <laughs> Love that eye for detail. Yeah, it's very important. Something that um, some the prosecution said was a bit weird. Diana didn't. She said later, she's like, oh, I I called him because I know him, but she didn't talk to him when they saw each other there. It was like they didn't communicate with each other. Maybe that's fair enough. He's about to do the fastest finger first. What's she supposed to weigh from the audience? Yes, he's like... Hey, hey! (laughs) It's me, Diana. We spoke on the phone last night. Tequen! Tequen! Um, So, yeah. So I, I sort of, I can see why... They think that's a bit weird, but I can also see why she wouldn't necessarily do that. Mm. They're also slightly awkward people too. Yeah. it should be said. They are, they come across as lovely to me. Watching more and more, especially. Well, I mean, you see more of the major, and I'm like, I just like him. I I want him to be innocent, but anyway, it's. I went from thinking he was to wasn't and backwards and forwards the whole way through. Um, and still I'm unsure, but let's <laughs> talk it out. So. Charles fronts up again in the same shirt. <laughs> that doesn't matter. But anyway, um, so he says he's got a new strategy and a new sub-strategy, which Chris Tarrant sort of joked with the whole way through. He's like, well, what are we working with now, the sub-strategy or the strategy? And he was. He said part of it was he was going to try and believe in, in himself more. He talked himself out of things, and that's why he burnt some of his uh, lifelines too early. He, he also said he's going to read them out and really think about them. He's going to read out all the options go through them all, what the prosecution says, he's reading them out to give the coffer a chance yeah. to cough on the yeah. confirm or whatever. So that that's how it's set up. Yeah. At this point, no one knows that, obviously, in, in the production. Sure. And, and the coffer, it's just Tequin or Diana's also? There's a second coffer on the grassy knoll. Uh, that does. The plan, supposedly, is just for Tequin to be the coffer. <laughs> Uh, there's no there's no footage of Tequin coughing. 
okay. They, they believe the mic over the the fastest finger first people um, was the mic that was picking up these coughs, and they they assume it was Tequin. They that's what they suggest. Um, you do see. I'll talk about it. Diana does have a cough at one point as well, which you do see because there's always a camera on her. Mm. Um, all right, so let, let's. So we're up to the eight thousand dollar question. I think eight thousand pound question. Sorry, which was. Who was the second husband of Jacqueline Kennedy? You know, another area of expertise for Dave because he did right. a report about it. Uh, what his name is Onassis, Onassis, and his first name is—it's an absolute ripper of a name. Yeah, it is. But well, I mean, that's enough because that. that, that it, yeah. So, so, so the I, options are. Would you want to try and remember? I'm just trying to think because he's a Greek shipping magnate. But can I just ask? Do they put Onassis at the end of all of these names? No. Or, oh my God. So that's quite easy then. Oh, what does it start with? A. Aristotle. Yes. Well so done. it's Adnan Khashoggi, Ronald Reagan, <laughs> Aristotle Onassis, or Rupert Murdoch. And he, he he goes straight away. He's like, I, you know, I know, I don't. It wasn't Reagan. It wasn't Murdoch. I think it's. He's like, I think it was Aristotle Onassis. He said that pretty much straight away. Um, he. He repeats it. When he repeats Aristotle Onassis, there is a cough that can be heard, which is seems it, to... Is it straight away or is there a pause and a cough? There's a, a, a pause and a cough. Sometimes there's different levels of pauses before the coughs. And when there's a long pause, I'm like, they're, they're saying that that's confirmation, that's but that was quite a long gap. And sometimes, and what is there, like a 150 people, 200 people in the crowd yeah, in that's the right. semicircle watching? People do cough. And yeah, that's right. And well, I say later there was quite a few more coughs than the ones that, that they allege were the, uh, the, you know, the the sus coughs. Because but, and that question, that's not a very tricky question. Jess and I that's were both easy. bang on that one. Yeah, and he said straight away. Yeah, that's what he thought it was. But it, pro, you know, if it, if it ended there, I don't think we'd be talking about it now. I think if it ended in multiple questions time, it wouldn't be talking. About it. it was really at the the point. Okay. Out. Okay. Um, so he, he gets it, he locks that in, and he keeps moving. It's only in hindsight you go back and look at the whole thing and go, mm. oh, was that a sus cough there? So he's up to the 16,000-pound question, which is, Emmental, or Emmental maybe, is a cheese from which country? France, Italy, Netherlands, or Switzerland? How do you spell that? E-M-M-E-N-T-H-A-L. He talks about it, he's like, oh, I've had this cheese a lot. I think it's Switzerland. I've had this cheese... Just trying to picture it. Yeah, Does it say right. "Made in Switzerland" on it? I'm trying to picture the cheese. Is what are he's saying? Uh, he reads out all the options again. Uh, there's no cough. As in the contestant reads out this. Yes. So that, that's just that's just how, you know that. But I'm sure people do that. Yeah. Yeah. Because they used to drag the thing out, like I said, for the whole hour. And they try. And I think Eddie even would say it on the Australian one. He's like, read them out. Yeah. See if any of them it sparks anything in you. So it definitely is a tactic that. People do use, I'm sure. France, Italy, Netherlands, Switzerland. It's not French or Italian. This is me playing yeah. along. Well, that's that's true. You want to rule out one more and you got it. Let's lock in Switzerland. Yes, Pop, you are on fire. <laughs> um, and so is the major who also locked in Switzerland. Okay. And no one coughed. Okay. No one coughed. So that means he moves on to the £32,000 question. If we do it, I'll just fart. <laughs> Yeah, people would. 
how does she fart on command? That's ridiculous. And then there'd be all these doctors in, in court going, <laughs> not possible. Uh, we've inspected her bowels and there's no way she can control them like and then that. They, I, I call my next witness, Mr. Methane. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Mr. Methane. Farts on cue. <laughs> Is it possible? Yes. And I will now fart the Star Spangled <laughs> Spangled Banner. <laughs> I will now fart the Splash Mountain Anthem. Uh, so now it goes on to the 32,000 pound Let's lock question. in, Jess. This is going to be a guaranteed great night out if we win 32,000 <laughs> This one, I reckon this is the kind of thing that if you were older at the time, you would know. Um, but I think you, it might be a tough one. Uh, who had a, or maybe you were the perfect age for this actually? Who had a hit UK album with Born to Do It released in 2000? That's Craig David. Okay. <laughs> the options are Coldplay, Top Loader, A1, or Craig David. Born to Born Do to It. Walking Away is on, uh, Walking Away and uh, Seven Days is on that album. We had it. So, oh, there you go. So he's, he made a joke. He's like, Top Loader, that's uh, part of a rifle. So I don't think it's that. He's like, I'm thinking it's A1. Just got an inkling it's A1. And he also said, I've never heard of Craig David. I think it's he's, I think it's A1. But he's unsure. And he asked to use the 50-50, which takes out Coldplay and Top Loader, leaving A1, oh, which okay. is what he was leaning towards. Yeah. And Craig David. And he's like, I think it's A1. Spends a lot of time thinking about this one. And his wife, Diana, coughs. She seems to look down to the pit where the fastest finger people were. Um... And obviously there's no cough coming from down there, potentially because he doesn't know mm. the answer himself. Mm. So the prosecution argues she went off plan and coughed here to help. <laughs> she stepped in. Yeah. yeah. She was like, uh, <laughs> cough! She, so she coughs a couple of times. And it look, because you can see her doing it, it does look a bit fake. But it also, it's not like right, it, it's in gaps, it's in pauses. So I'm like, I don't to and me, how, how much how have you, they planned out this cough? Yeah. If you cough in uh, like three or four seconds after saying Craig David, that is telling me that it's the last one I said or yeah. something. It seems like there's a... And does she cough after he says Craig David? Is that what But he says them, but he says A1 or Craig David. <coughs> cough. Craig David. You know, it's like quite a... <laughs> Craig David. To me, it seemed like a long gap. So I'm like, I, I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't uh, have... Huh? Craig David. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excuse me. Excuse me. Allergies. Oh, I've got the Craig Davids again. Haven't taken my Claritin. <laughs> so Craig I... David. <laughs> <laughs> to, to me, it didn't seem that sus, but there are articles saying she was clearly pointing him towards Craig David. And maybe it was, because after leaning towards A1 the whole time, he changed his mind to Craig David at the last second, saying he's normally wrong when he plays at home. About 80% of the time, I, I'm wrong. So I'm going with the one I don't think it is. Okay, so he's not trusting his gut like he said he would. This is the sub-plan? Yeah, it, yeah. I think that's what my Chris said. What are we under, the sub-strategy now yeah. or whatever? And um, so that's ended up being what he locked in, which was the correct answer, as, as Dave already said. Yes, we are. We're all the way through. Mm. Uh, We've done it. Thanks to your Swiss and your Northern Ireland. <laughs> uh, he he later said in court and elsewhere, he's like, he changed his mind because when he said, I think I'm going to lock in A1, he heard the crowd gasp. <laughs> he's like, all right, well, I don't think it's that. And that's why he changes it. That's what he says. Listening back, I don't, I don't know if it was that clear that there was a gasp, but 
does sound like they really bumped up the sound of the coughs and maybe not anything else. Well, when I was watching The Millionaire be recorded, so what you, what you do here in Australia... Oh, you were the friend in the audience. I was a friend in the audience. Oh, that's sick. Which I'm sure I've told this story before. I think so, but so I've anyway, forgotten. So anyway, so the, the night before I was out at the comedy festival after party, oh. so I was oh out till God. like 6am or something and then you've got to be there at 9 or something. And then but my dad goes in way earlier to do, do a rehearsal, they talk you through. And then... He calls me up and says, I'm through now. Uh, I had to say what you do for a job, so I said you're a comedian. And I said, <laughs> oh, no. and I was on the phone to him saying, Dad, you can't say that. Eddie will ask me to tell a joke and yeah. I just can't, I can't do that. Eddie goes, would be a nightmare. Yeah. Oh, you're a comedian. Yeah, I was like, like seriously, it. just say that I'm a student. Or say anything like that. And I was like, oh, and then. I can hear my dad being like, oh, okay, sorry. And I feel bad about this now. Obviously, you're stressing, I stressing him out, him out yeah. on the day. And he calls me back half an hour and goes, don't worry. I uh, spoke to a producer, I filled out a form again, and I, I got my form back, and I said, you're a comedian, but then I wrote in brackets, please don't ask him to tell a joke. <laughs> and I was like, that is a red rag to a bull, Dad! That is a red, oh my God! So That's I'm sitting there so all day, like freaking out, being like, what do I say? He like, had a chance to just write <laughs> student. He made it worse. Well, I'm like, oh, Dad, I was... And then you he's know, a comedian, but he's very shy. Yeah, but I don't want to like you know again you know stress him out because he's looking forward to his big shot. And when my dad, he's very good with general knowledge. We'd watch at home, and he gets him all the questions yeah. right. So I'm like, I don't want to take away dad's big opportunity. But then he gets he gets up because in so to explain He'd be on the classic format, he would have killed it. Yeah, but so in the Australian format, which I did look up, does seem to be an Australian Australian centric thing. So the hot it's seat one, hot seat. You have six people and. The order is decided before we go up, and then you can pass and hope to come back around. So if, if someone gets it wrong, the mu- top prize money drops down. You can pass once. Yeah. But the next person can't pass. So if, you, if you're past two, you've got to have a crack. You've got to have a crack. And my dad looked back and said, I don't think I can get back. So he right. got one question right, and then Eddie said, oh, your son David's in the crowd. G'day, David. And I gave us a wave, and he goes, we'll have a chat to you in a second. And I was thinking, no, 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 no. Dad gets this next question, decides, uh, he says, I don't know the answer to this, but I'm going to have a punt because I'm not going to be able to get yeah. back. There's not enough questions and passes. He gets it wrong. And I'm like, <laughs> being, I was like, I'm off the hook. <laughs> yes. so like, I'm like cheering. Yeah. I didn't have to. Bad do son. So I feel bad. I didn't have to do my awkward, awkward joke. Um, so sorry, Dad, if you're listening. I know sometimes you do listen. If, if he's listening to an episode, surely. It's so be who this wants one. to be a yeah, I know. But yeah, my dad's very. He's yelling at his iPod the whole yeah, way through and all the small but details. It's mostly, I'm disappointed in you, David. It's sorry, I, sorry I cheered, but I was so nervous to, to try and tell a joke on TV. And because you had you answer that question, tell us a joke. Is that classic yeah. oh, it's, party? It's You're a comedian, are you? You're like, oh, well, okay, well, I've got a, a story, I've got a premise, you know, anyway. What do you want, a knock knock joke? Yeah. Or? Depends on the person. Sometimes it's somebody I don't really like. Um, and so they're like, oh, you're here, but it tells a joke. And I say, oh, you can't afford me. <laughs> um, that's fun. That would have been good. Yeah, sorry, Honestly, I'm that... off the clock. You can't, you can't afford me. You're going to need more than a million dollars, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing I remember from happening that day is because they record six in a day. Wow. Big day. Wow. And if you go and support someone, you've got to go watch all of them. And they just move you around in the crowd to try and make the audience look a bit different. And I was watching one episode. That's fucked. And uh, the guy next to me was just whispering the answers to me. I didn't know him, but I'm like, this is this looks bad. Like, it, yeah. I remember one of the questions was, in Die Hard, what is the name of Bruce Willis's character? He was like, John McClane. I'm like, I don't know you. I don't but know I know you, but answer. I know that yeah. You don't have to tell me. I know that also, one. Also, I know the answer, so you're not super clever, but also it's <laughs> going to look like you're giving away the answers. Yeah, shut up. So, do you have a photo or would you have be able to get a, a screenshot of you in the audience? 
Oh, maybe because I feel that'd like be so at good to post on the on on Instagram. At the time, I think people were watching at home, like on because fa- you know it airs months later. Yeah, maybe tagged me, like took a photo of the screen, and tagged me on Facebook. So maybe that'd be great if you get that. That's so cool. I yeah, you probably have told that story. It's ringing some bells, but yeah. I, I had forgotten about yeah, it. Yeah, but it is the story that. of me being the worst son, being like I'm off the hook. Thank yeah. God, but Dad didn't win. Thank God, Dad lost. I love it. I remember. One time, like Eddie, you know, he's like, he's a jur- he's a sports journalist, mm-hmm. but I think he rates himself as a bit of a funny funny guy as well. I've done a lot of radio and all but that sort of stuff. But he's also like, but he's not funny, and he's usually kind of mean, <laughs> right? You know, like he's usually like it's a bit, he's a bit snarky, and it's like, ugh. So what are we up to here? So he changes his answer at last minute mm-hmm. to Craig David. He gets it right. He says it's because of a gasp. Uh, others say it's because of a cough. From Diana. <laughs> um, they also say that she sort of looks up at the monitor and the live feed is, is doing a live cut, a live switch. So it was almost like she was looking up to see when she wasn't on screen, naively thinking that meant she wasn't being recorded. Uh. And that's when she coughed. But there was obviously a camera on her oh. and they had that. So that's what they argue. She's like, oh, I wasn't looking at that at all. I was trying to look up to see his face because she was in the crowd Behind, behind him, you're yeah. always behind him, so you can't see their face. So she's like, "No, I was just trying to look at his." F- I kept looking at the monitor to see his face. Also, I, mean, to see when I, I was love on him, and yeah. I'm actually a big fan of his face. Yeah, so. and I and I'm a big quizzer, and I'm I'm stressing out for my partner who I love. You who know? I love, and I love looking at his little face. <laughs> if, also, if there is a a camera on you, and there's a chance that you could be on TV at any moment, you probably are thinking about that quite a bit. Like, yeah, because you really need to pick your nose. Yeah, you want, or you wouldn't do something like a cough with. Oh, yeah, I'm that's on. true. I'm like, oh, I'm on now. Cough, like you, <laughs> yeah, that's that makes sense as yeah, well. You, it just makes you that little bit more self conscious that oh, I could be, especially if, at the time, tens of millions of people. Are yeah. and, and you know that feeling of needing to cough. Yeah, in a oh. like you know there'll be a shoot on downstairs here at uh, different times, and I'm going, oh, this is a good take, and don't I'm cough, holding a boom cough. or something, yeah. going, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> please don't do it. <laughs> Jess is killing it in this infomercial <laughs> or whatever we're filming. I always knew I'd done a good take if I could, because you can't see through all the lights and so I couldn't see details of your face, but I could see if you threw a shuckers. <laughs> I was like, we got it. <laughs> we I got it. I don't throw out a shuckers Directors lightly. Directors throw out a shuckers. <laughs> we are done for the day. Woo! I also learned to read different ways Evan says okay. Yeah. There's a yeah, certain Evan, okay that I'm like, yeah, we got it. Evan's definitely very readable, yeah. I think. But the shark is. I was like, we've done it. We're painting a pretty uh, glamorous picture. I'm directing, holding the boom. Yeah, it's a pretty big production. <laughs> Jess is here. <laughs> it's a big production. So we're on to the £64,000 question. Like his brother-in-law and his wife, he's up to the free hit question, basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a sports question. And this is it. I, I didn't know it. I'd be interested to see if either of you know. Gentlemen versus players was an annual match between amateurs and professionals of which sport? Lawn tennis, so specific, rugby union, polo or cricket? Gentlemen versus players. Yeah, they're all kind of, you know, posh, yeah, I was gonna gentlemanly say kind of games. So lawn tennis. Rugby union, rugby. polo or cricket? I reckon Gaddy J from the UK might be yelling his iPod for this. Yeah. I, I would have guessed cricket because in t- the difference, or I think I would guess a team game because tennis, yeah. like a professional would just 
wipe the court with it. Yeah, that's great, true. Absolutely yes. destroy them. Yeah. And I, I wasn't. I'm thinking it's not going to be rugby union because as a non-professional. Do you want to go up yeah, against right. the Yeah, that's right. You probably could get injured. You'll that's die. a good point. Polo. Yep. Polo. I was thinking polo or cricket, but uh, I reckon it's cricket. It feels like a real fine line between the amateurs and professionals in yeah. polo. So few the people amateur. would play it. They're all rich right. people already. Yeah, they're, they're all in the same circles. But with cricket, it, mm. I feel like, and there is like the different levels. Like, it's, is it county players versus yeah the clubs below that? Or is it like, you know, first class? Yes. Versus, yeah. Yeah, I'd say cricket. You so, also told us Gary J would be. In yeah, that, that, that was a, that was a, a bit, bit of a clue. Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, well, cricket is the correct answer. This is what this is how it went. He says something like, "It could be any of them, but I think it's cricket." That's what he said straight off the bat, which got a little cricket cough. Bat? <laughs> he said, "Might be cricket right off the bat." The cricket <laughs> bat. Uh, so that got a little cough. Little cough. He went then went through all of them again. And when he said cricket again, there was another cough, and then he locked it in, which was correct. So okay. that was like a, that seems yeah that seems pretty it's the most obvious sus one so far. Yeah, it gets more obvious, but that is <laughs> because I think again, whenever he's sort of, it's almost like these ones. It's, if it is happening, it's them confirming what he already knows. Yeah. So, it's, but later it. Seem like it comes across as maybe being dodgier. Okay. So he, he locks in cricket as you two did. So you're now onto the 125,000 oh pound Dave, question. Honestly, at this point, it's too much. Oh my God. We've do bought, we have to go yeah, out for dinner? We've bought shares of the restaurant. Yeah. And people do say, you know, if he pulled out at, at one of these levels, probably would never have um, cotton onto him. Yeah. Even up to maybe the half a million. But anyway, so 125,000 pound question. The Ambassadors in the National Gallery is a painting by which artist? The Ambassadors in the National Gallery. So the the painting's called The Ambassadors and it's housed in yeah. the oh, National sorry. Gallery. Yeah, that was needed that one right uh, down. So Van Eyck, Holbein, Michelangelo or Rembrandt. I think Rembrandt um, was the, I think maybe the guy who sang the theme for Friends. Yes. Him and his brother. Yeah. <laughs> Great duo. <laughs> so uh, that's a joke answer. So I'm, I'd rule that one out. But, uh, <laughs> it's good that even at the higher levels they, they have a joke yes. one. I would. The British I, have a great sense of humour. I was. I would be thinking not Rembrandt or Michelangelo. Right, because they're the, sort of the bigger names, and maybe I, you'd. I was also just thinking they're like, they're way older. And how long have we had ambassadors <laughs> yeah, for? Great. Like, is this just some dudes? Is that the painting? What's the painting? Uh, what was option B? Holbein. H-O-L-B-E-I-N. Holbein. 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 I think. I'm going to guess Van Eyck. Is it Van Eyck? Is that A? Uh, a is Van Eyck. Yep. Hmm. Dave, do you want to overrule here? <laughs> so, my, my... <laughs> Dave. Or not overrule. Do you want to throw anything into the hat? And not then maybe overrule, make a different choice. So it's called the Ambassadors. Yeah, it's called the Ambassadors. Right. Well, my theory. I think my... if, if we were playing like this uh, and I was Chris Tarrant, there would have been a scandal as well. <laughs> Are you sure? Are you sure about that? Are you sure you don't want to change the your difference answer? With Chris Tarrant, the host, they don't see the answers until something's locked in. So he doesn't that, know either. He so people are trying to read the uh, face unless Chris Tarrant already knows the answer. Yeah, because sometimes there is a tell on him as well, and I think maybe the major even said there was 
maybe he was trying to read him, and I don't know if he could. So the hosts don't know if that's true or not. No, they don't know until an answer's locked in. Otherwise, I guess they're worried that they they give up okay. offset, subtle hmm. tells. Once as well. it's locked in, that's how they sort of do the dramatic. Yes, yeah. we'll come back after the break. They go, or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Which he did um, on two different stages in, in this yeah. episode. You couldn't decide between A and B. You've locked in B. It is one of A and B. Yes. We'll find out which one after the break. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And the major it was like, don't go, tell me you're not going to a break. Don't go to a break. We're going to a break. <laughs> no, not a break. <laughs> so. I, I think I would say I'd, I'd rule out Michelangelo because there's not many Michelangelos. Yes. Okay. Not many have survived. Uh, Rembrandt. There's a few Rembrandts. Yeah, it's quite. I think there's a few hundred of those out there. But uh, I don't know Holbein's work. Well, the, Na- the National Gallery. Well, the major didn't know Craig David's work. Didn't That's stop him. That's true. Didn't stop him locking it in. I'm trying to read Matt. I'm trying to see if he has a tell. Now let me just say: Is it hmm, A. Van Eyck? B. <laughs> 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 I don't know. I actually, I was leaning towards Holbein yeah, because yeah. I don't know. And also I was thinking the National Gallery, do they have lots of national work? Where oh. is Holbein from? So he seemed to go straight for Holbein. Um, he he said, I've seen this. I've, I've been there. I've seen this painting. I think it's Holbein. Uh, but there seemed to be coughs. It could be interpreted as confirm the answer again. I think these ones, again, not that straightforward, and he did go straight for Holbein. Yeah. It took a while, but he eventually locked it in, moved on to the £250,000 question. Ooh. So there was no no coughs? There were Where? coughs that uh, people argued were locking it in. I'm, I can't even remember this one, but I, I feel like this one wasn't super sus. Mm-hmm. Like, if they were all like this, I don't think, again, I don't think there'd be a yeah. scandal probably. Um, uh, it is. He's a German painter, so my theory had nothing. Well, they, you know, very closely related the Germans and the English. So we're up to the quarter of a million pound question. Oh my god, that's half a million of our dollars. What? Surely type we're of... just splitting it at that point, like buying houses, yeah. or something, you know, like nah. <laughs> Big dinner. Still dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Double the caviar Dave, rations. Dave, we can just go out for dinner if that's what you really want. We I'd can love just go. To. I'm just Imagine like... how many bottles of Beaujolais yeah. you could get. <laughs> Uh, so, what type of garment is an Anthony Eden fashion? Garment? I know both of you are, well, Dave especially is into fashion, just to a lesser extent. Uh, do, I mean, you know fashion. Oh, I Anthony, know fashion. An Anthony Eden. An Anthony Eden. Is it? Who I believe was a Prime Minister of the UK at some point. It's going to be a hat. <laughs> is it an overcoat, hat, shoe, or tie? It's going to be a hat. I immediately thought shoe. Okay. But hat. Hat. All right. Locking in hat, you are correct. You have just won £250,000. <laughs> when, when there's nothing at stake, it's so easy, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, like you're, never, you're probably not gambling because all of these you're risking to go back to 32000 Yeah. Um, so he again zeroed straight into hat. Then there were some coughs seemingly confirming that. Sorry, just go, honestly, just let him go. He would have been fine. Yeah, I know. It does feel like, stop, <laughs> stop making it look sus. Um, he, so he locked it in, went on to the half a million pound question, saying, he landed he in and Chris Tarrant and said, I'm possessed, <laughs> which was weird, but anyway. Um, that is uh, such a weird comment. <laughs> uh, uh, he, he said, I think, I think it was hat. 
And then, you know, this coffee's like, yeah, I think it was, it was the hat he wore, that sort of high hat. So he did seem to know that one. Mm. Um, and I reckon if he quit here, I really think he would have just, he would have won a quarter of a million and we would not be talking about him. Yeah. He wouldn't be, you know, well known. He just would have lived a more comfortable life, a much better life. I'll say that because I'll talk about it soon. But, yeah, this doesn't turn out well for him. Um so the half a million pound question. Baron Houseman is best known for his planning of which city? Feels like Dave might be a chance. On Baron this. Houseman. I would have had no idea. Is it House City? I, think, I said this for every question. Dave might have a, an idea. <laughs> yeah. I just believe he knows everything. And it's coming across really sexist. <laughs> Jess, tiny brain, has no idea. Well, what no, you got to understand is no, it's not that you're an idiot. It's the Dave is in my head. If it, like anyone else in the room, I just assume Dave knows everything, which yeah. is a lot of pressure to put on you, Dave. But and also, my German heritage, Baron. That's true. Hussman. It's often proven true, though. Like it's you know you, you know that Dave does know a lot. Yeah, I and I know a lot about but, oddly specific yeah, things, like the Anthony Eden that Jess just caught. Yeah, I would not have got that. I really don't think I. Beyond Aristotle Onassis, I don't think I would have got any of these right. Mm. I, even the Craig David, the Dave New Australia, I did. I, I'm like, I remember that album being a big hit, and I should remember. I remember more the follow up hit on the next. Well, it was less a hit. Was what's your flavour? And I thought it was Tell me so funny that that was. What and that was sort of the beginning of the end for Craig David. <laughs> I think he's still massive over there. All oh, right, there you go. <laughs> and he's still <laughs> the beginning of the end, and he's only like a, about forty now. Yeah, he was so young. Yeah, then. I just I think about how much time every day must spend manicuring that beard. <laughs> that beard. Yeah, it's <laughs> a pencil mustache that becomes a pencil sideburns and a pencil goatee. It's a lot, a lot of pencil. But have yeah. you seen his rig? Oh, Unbelievable, rig. big rig. Really, like he's just spent. Think about the time he spends on that rig as well. Wow. Oh, it's true. I mean, maybe a little bit more time on the lyrics. What's your flavour? <laughs> Just saying the days of the week. So the half a million pound question. Baron, Baron Houseman. Houseman. Mm-hmm. Is it Rome, Paris, Berlin, Athens? He's straight away going, I think it's Berlin. Um, but there's a bit of a bit of a gasp from the crowd. And then he says a little less a convincingly, gasp. I think. I think it's Berlin. And then he continues to go through it. I think it's Berlin. Houseman sounds like more of a German name. So that's why I'm thinking Berlin. No cough so far. Okay, so it's Rome, Berlin, Rome, Paris. Berlin, Paris, Athens. They're all such old cities. Yeah. He says something like, "I just think it, Hausmann, it sounds more German than it sounds Italian or or Parisian or Athens." Well, I, I think that... he said he like he. Which I thought was funny. I've forgotten where Athens is. They're all Athens. Athensy. <laughs> What I would base it on, my guess, would be the fact that there's four cities, all ancient, all thousands of years old, but Berlin, after World War II, absolutely destroyed. Right. Maybe they had a chance to rebuild it. Yeah. So they brought in a guy to do a bit of planning. Gotcha. That would be my guess. Wow, yeah, that's a great point. It's a really good point. Turns out that some of these other cities have had overhauls as well. Um, No. So it sounds like you're going to take the money here, which... It's a good. It's a good win. I'd take the money. I'd take the Berlin. money. At a Although no, you still have. You didn't use one of his lifelines. You've still got the uh, phone a friend, oh. so you could probably call someone. I'd be knows. calling Baron Houseman. 
I'll call my good friend Baron House. You're going to think this is a wild coincidence, but I got Baron on the line. <laughs> Baz, what's up? Now, tell me again. I'm Remind so sorry. I'm I know. So sorry. I do love your yeah, work. This obviously. is embarrassing because we've talked about this in, at length. But you know, we were a few bottles in. <laughs> um, was it? Was it Berlin? So, so he, he goes straight for Berlin. There's no cough. Uh, then he repeats, I think it's Berlin. There is a cough that when you hear it, it sounds a lot like someone saying, No. <laughs> No. Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No. 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 Never. Lock in. <laughs> it's not Berlin. It's not Berlin. <laughs> Read out the other answers and I'll cough after the correct one. <laughs> So the argument here is he's gone off the plan. He's meant to read him out. He's just gone. I think it's uh, Berlin. No. So he's if no, if this is the no. case, he's left him uh, Widock with no cha- choice but to say no. <laughs> say no. How are people sitting around them not going? This is blatant. What the fuck. Well, that's the interesting thing. I mentioned it later, but Chris Tarrant says he never noticed any coughing. He didn't notice wow. that. He he doesn't have an earpiece in, but the rest of the production crew are starting to go, something weird's going on here. And they're talking about on this link through ah. all their headsets. They're going, well, he's got good all of a sudden. He's playing really strange. It seems a bit sus. But Taron doesn't have that in his ear, so he's never sus yeah. on it. So the uh, defence says they're in a closed loop. They're all confirming this bias that they've come up with. So now every every cough seems sus. Yes, of course. Everything Whereas Taron's not yeah. noticing that, so... And he's not in that conversation. He's also focusing on, you know, hosting a show. But if you're sitting right next to someone who just coughed no. Yeah, you'd think you'd... You'd be like Dave going, this looks odd. On the tape, up. it really sounds like it's been, they've amplified and, it. Yeah. Is it. And the no, is that coming from the audience like Diana? Or is it coming from the no, guy? No, from the, from the pit again, from, from, from the fastest finger pit. Right. Surely the other contestants are going, fuck off. Well, yeah, some of the other up. contestants... After the fact, definitely say, we're sus on it and we knew what he was up to. Yeah, okay. But it's hard to know. Yeah. yeah. It feels like you've all seen the story play out in the media. Yeah. yeah. I knew as soon as I saw him, he was evil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, does okay. feel, it feels a bit like that. That's why I'm still so torn. It feels like these sort of things you go, well, that's pretty obvious, but... But... <laughs> no! Yeah. But, I mean, it, arguments are made that people, you know, like Dave, you are saying, people just whisper... I know the answer. Yes. Or you're, you know, you're not mean to, but you're like, no. You know, you're so invested in it from mm. you're sitting watching, you go, no, that's not right, but you've accidentally said it too loud. They've boosted it in the mic. It's possible. Okay, so how does he react to it, though? So um, he turns to the pit, gives a thumbs up, <laughs> no and <worries>. says, <laughs> Roger that. <laughs> actually, Chris, I'm going to start thinking about this from the top. <laughs> from the top. But I, I've actually ruled out Berlin. <laughs> he sti- No, he, he sticks with Berlin. I think it's Berlin, but he starts now working his way through the options. He says, I don't think it's Paris. Then there's a cough straight away there. Uh, then he goes through the others. I don't think it's Athens, and I'm sure it's not Rome. By this time, he gets to the end of the sentence. He says, I thought it was Berlin, but there's a chance it's Paris. Then a long, long pause. I think it's Berlin. Then another pause. I think it's Paris, cough. He then okay. thinks on it a bit more and says, it's either Berlin or Paris. I think it's Paris, cough. Yep, I'm going to say it's Paris. Let's lock in Paris. <laughs> All right. Which is correct. 
So that now you're starting to go, well, when you play that together, it's hard to go. Yeah. Um, so then he m- moves on to the million pound question. Uh, I think you two, are, you two took the money and, and ran, right? Yeah, and well, look, we're going to have a beautiful dinner. Yeah, but let's play it out, you know, just to see, just for fun. The yeah, rest oh, yeah. was for cash, let's now pretend. it's just for fun. Let's pretend. Uh, so the, f- the final question, you ready, Dave? I feel like you'll know this, not. <laughs> I'd be I surprised know, if you, you knew this. I do not this. know Baron Houseman. I reckon if anyone knows this, it's probably because it became famous from this oh, wow. moment, maybe. Um, the question is, or you're a mathematician or whatever. I'm a mathematician. Or, or a computer person, which he is. He's an, an, a qualified engineer, and uh, he goes on to fix laptop computers when he loses his job in the army. Oh. Yeah, I know, sorry. Um, uh, so the question is, a number one followed by 100 zeros is known by what name? Oh, that's a Google. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> Isn't that where Google comes from? Yeah. I did not know that. So as Google, Megatron, Gigabit or Nanomole? That would have been my guess because I, I wouldn't have known exactly how many zeros, but I know that Google is like... You know, it comes from a very, very big number. Oh, there you, I, I knew, didn't know that. Only that from a chart in our grade four classroom. It had all the numbers saying one, oh. one thousand, ten, all the way down, and then the, we were always fascinated because <laughs> it went for so long, and it just said one Google, and then it just had a hundred zeros. Wow, that's but, so funny. I'm like, well, you won't know this one. <laughs> Um, I didn't, so no one will. <laughs> Although I haven't known any of them. Yeah. And you've known nearly all of them. And also, at the time, Google's only a few years old. I've definitely locked in my two phone of friends uh, based on this. <laughs> if anything, if I don't know the answer, I'll at least give you a nice little pep talk. Yeah. You know? Hey. You I'll got... say over the phone, I'll say, Matt, you look at me. Matt, <laughs> look at me. Imagine me, look at me. <laughs> so that is that is correct. And, I yeah, I wonder if it was put on posters because of... No, I don't. But um, <laughs> so... He he says, I think it's a nanomole, but it could be a gigabit. Oh. I don't think it's a Megatron, and I don't think I've heard of a Google. As he says Google, there's a cough from the audience, and he says, by the process of elimination, I actually think it is Google, oh. but I don't know what a Google is. I don't think it's a gigabit, and I don't think it's a nanomole, and I don't think it's a Megatron. I really do think it's a Google cough. He then says he's ruled out the other three and he doesn't know what a Google is, but it's his only chance of winning a million. He goes through them again and gets another cough on Google. He then locks it in and wins the million pounds. Wow. And is it like a big, big moment? Does that have the confession? Yes, all that, all that stuff? stuff happens. Chris Tarrant's like, you've been the most remarkable contestant we've ever had. You, you know, your strategies have been baffling, but, you you know, it worked. He's gotten through all of those the whole second day without a lifeline. He's still got a lifeline, doesn't he? Uh, or does he have nothing? No, he used the 50-50 oh, on, yeah. um, I can't remember. Which Coronation one. Street? No, that one was the day before. That was he used phone the, a friend. the phone of friend. Oh, no, sorry. No, that was the audience. Yeah, the audience, yeah. But he used the 50-50 yeah, right. somewhere. Cities were the option. No, September. Oh, no, it was on the Craig David. Coldplay oh, and Top Loader were that's taken right. out. Oh, okay, yes. That's right. September's, I just yelled. Was it September's? Couldn't so, think uh, of the month. Uh, Couldn't think of the word month. <laughs> it was the September's. So he, de- like, he definitely would have used it otherwise, I think. Yeah. And 
but so those last two are the ones that really seem pretty sus. Yeah, oh. definitely. He's changed his answer. All the other ones were sort of more confirmation. And I just mean, the number of coughs involved. And the phrase, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. yeah. Cough, actually. He also said he'd never heard of Craig David before locking yep. in Craig David. But he said that one made some sense. If he heard a gasp when he said he was going to lock in A1, yep. there was only one other option. People were gasping, <gasps> he hasn't heard of a Google. He's also said since that, you know, everything he said wasn't necessarily true. He knew that he, he had this idea that being more interesting and dramatic meant that uh, he thought the questions would become easier because they'd want to keep you on longer and mm. these sort of things. He had these weird ideas that he'd oh, heard okay. from the quizzes. So he's sort of saying, I wasn't necessarily telling the truth. I was just trying to keep it entertaining. But, yeah, those last two, oh. pretty hard to swallow. So the confetti comes down, he's given the check, heads to the hotel with Diana. But the production oh, team... They had sex on that cash. <laughs> <laughs> they had sex on the check. <laughs> Wouldn't you? Yes. I'd want to come on that check. <laughs> <laughs> we can't accept this check. It's- or sticky and blurry. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> Apparently, so those checks that Chris Tarrant's handing, that they are they're cashable checks. So you know, every time he gives one and rips it up when oh. they move on, they that's actually the check you can take. Oh my god! But the production team had become suspicious during his run, uh, uh, to the uh, on his run to the million, and when Lee. Ma, writing for the New Zealand Herald, reported that the producers were immediately on edge. Charles Ingram had behaved very strangely, flip-flopping on the answers, particularly those last two, mm. and the Craig David one. You know, he said he didn't even know who Craig David was, and he picked it as the answer anyway. I think he sort of explained that one away pretty, like, in a way that I'd accept. Um, but suspicions were raised, and the prize money was withheld. They put a stop on the check, <gasps> and the police were called in. He got a phone call the next day, I think, on September 11, and it was, it was like, um, hey, uh, from one of the bosses of the production company, said, uh, we've noticed some irregularities. We're putting a stop on the check, and apparently reacted in a slightly strange way. He's like, oh, well, I'd certainly deny that. He didn't ask. He, I mean, I'm, and again, I might be blurring the dram- dramatization mm. with the reality, but I think I, I read that this is sort of how he responded anyway. He didn't. He didn't say what ir- irregularities. Yeah, what are you talking about? No one was coughing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what? We didn't have a complicated cough code. <laughs> <laughs> I love that in movies. I, we never said anything about coughing. Yeah, you know, like yeah, gotcha. Yeah, there was a moment like that in Scream Four, which I watched the other night. Wow. I never said I was injured in that shoulder or whatever. But anyway. Um, <laughs> I never said I was going around murdering people wearing a funny mask. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is still from, I love this sort of writing uh, by Wenlei Ma. The trivia show Rating Sensation had a cheating scandal on its hands. Oh, man, that's dramatic stuff. <laughs> oh my God. The producers had isolated 19 coughs in the studio. <laughs> they had enhanced. <laughs> enhanced. Uh, while listening to the answers aloud, 19 coughs that coincided with the correct answers. Hence, the coughing major moniker given to Ingram, even though he himself was not the source of the coughs. So that's what he became known as in the oh, British press. Coughing major. The coughing major. But he hadn't coughed once. He never coughed. Ah, uh, the press. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, the lamestream media oh, edit again. The bloody press. What are they like? Yeah. So, and all uh, th- this tape. So, who, who had the most to gain from 
um, stopping this check. The production company it was their money that they were putting out there. I think they split, it was a 50-50 split who put up the prize money between ITV and the production company. So they're... They've got this tape. The tape ended up going to court was version six was what it was called. And they're like, that was what they handed into police nearly a year later. So it'd been manipulated. This is what the defense is saying. This is a, a tape. They've enhanced these certain coughs. Mm. There were many other coughs that they didn't enhance. It mm. were sometimes on wrong answers and or just irrelevant times. Um, but it was splashed across the British tabloid press and Ingram and his wife, Diana, and Welsh professor, Tequan Widock who was sitting in the fastest finger pit in the studio, were put on trial for fraud. The day after the taping uh, was the September 11 attacks. So that obviously overshadowed the coughing scandal, and that's why maybe we aren't as aware of it. I'm not, you know, I'm not yeah. sure. Maybe it was just a long time ago. Maybe it was in the papers here at the time as well. Um, takes until 2003 for the case to go to trial. Journalist John Ronson was there. He's quite a famous journalist oh, and yeah. author. Oh, yeah. Goats guy. Yeah, that's right. And uh, So You've Been Publicly Shamed, I think, was him as well. The Psychopath folks. Test. Uh, by the way, that's our John for the block. Yes! <laughs> well done, everybody. So I think we got a John in each we time. The theme for block 2021 was John. John. <laughs> <laughs> Call in when you hear the secret word, John. <laughs> So our man John wrote an article for The Guardian at the time. turns out he was, he didn't realise he was interested in the case. And then his mum goes, you know, you you went to school with Diana. And he's he had no recollection of it, but he's like, oh, I'm sort of connected to it. So he went in and he went in for every day of the, the trial. Wow. And he wrote uh, an article for The Guardian at the time. And I'll quote a bit of it now. It says, Thursday afternoon, March the 20th, 2003, is when it all goes wrong for Charles Ingram. He's been cross-examined by prosecuting barrister Nicholas Hilliard about particular coughs 12 to 14. So they've numbered the coughs. He uh, says, Those of us who've attended this long, slow trial from the beginning know the coughs so well we can mouth them. <laughs> the tape of Charles' appearance on Millionaire has been played nearly a dozen times. During Charles' tenure in the hot seat, 192 coughs rang out in the audience. 173 were, experts agree, Innocent clearings of throats, etc. 192 coughs. Wow. Yeah, it's it's funny because in this trial, I can't remember if I mentioned it here, but the more coughs are talked about in the courtroom, more people are coughing. At one point, the judge has to clear the courtroom because there's so much coughing. Wow. And it seems like it's just like that yawning thing where you're talking about it, all of a sudden you're aware of it and you're like, you know, you're feeling that thing and you're, that Actually, itch in yeah. your throat. Wow. <clears throat> and I've definitely noticed you coughing more today, Dave, and I wonder if that's part of that. Coincidence? God, Dave. Or more. Are you in on it? But, it, you know, you go, well, that's a lot of coughs. Only, what, 10% of them are the ones you're saying. Sus, there's a chance that it's a weird coincidence. Yeah, there's that, a chance. With that many coughs, yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, but the uh, John goes on. Perhaps the most devastating of all is particular cough number 12. It arose during Chris Tarrant's £500,000 question. Baron Houseman is best known for his planning of which city? Rome, Paris, Berlin, Athens. Like I mentioned before, uh, after it sounds like Charles is going to plump for Berlin, without reading all the answers aloud, we hear cough number 12. That's the one that sounded more like, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's cough number 12. Uh, and then after a few more coughs, he changes his mind to Paris. So back to John Ronson. He says, the first time this no cough was played in court, Every journalist and member of the public burst out laughing. <laughs> Judge Rivlin threatened to clear the court. They're like, it was just it was so ridiculous. Oh. 
Uh, I can't wait to hear it. That is so damning, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Everyone laughs at it. So I think that's like the narrative in the press, even to this point, and then afterwards is what a bumbling effort to try and do this. It's so ridiculous. It was never going to work. This guy's such a doofus. You know, there's no way he would have won a million dollars without this ridiculous scheme. Uh, so then uh, Nicholas Hilliard asked Charles why he changed his mind and opted for Paris. And you could. It sounds almost like he's gone back and researched the answer and then he, this is what he says in court, that uh, Charles says. I knew that Paris was a planned city. The centre of Paris was cleared of slums during the 19th century and it was rebuilt into districts and boulevards. <laughs> Prominent in my mind was the economic reason. In the middle of the 19th century, France was coming out of the revolutionary period <laughs> and it was decided, hell. I think by Napoleon III, oh that he God. would concentrate on Paris and thereby the remainder of France would flourish. You've gone too far. You've gone too far. Yeah, it feels like you've overdone the, the yeah. lie there. Or that's just, you know, maybe he just knew all that and that's what he was thinking in his head, but he made it seem more interesting by saying, I think it's yeah. Berlin. I think it's Berlin. It's a German-sounding name. I As think it's written Berlin. in the history of Paris by... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As the Oxford Dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, it, as John Swanson says, Charles then looks hopefully at the jury, like, huh? Yeah. I knew even about no Paris. I mean. oh. uh, but then Hillard sighs, saying, but at the time, you said you thought it was Berlin because he had a German-sounding name. Then there's a silence. And a cough. <laughs> oh, Mr. Ingram, says Hilliard. Surely you can help us a little bit better than that. Apparently this Hilliard guy's a brutal but brilliant uh, lawyer. Really? And he's just, just shredding him. Just destroying He's like, him. Oh. come on, just sort of patronising and then just like, you can just sort of picture him looking to the gallery and, and getting a little yeah. flat, just like winking at him and yeah. stuff. Surely you wouldn't think that we'd believe that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, John Ronson was later in the hallway in between sessions and another lawyer came past and he said, he said something like, oh, that Hilliard, he absolutely shredded me in a murder trial recently. <laughs> he's, like, he's like infamous. Um, so Judge Rivlin then calls for a break and they all file out in the corridor. Charles looks shaken. He lights a cigarello, his face beetroot, and a picture of self-loathing. Nobody notices that he's wearing a Mensa badge. He put it on as a special touch, but it's so tiny, just a little M on his lapel, that the jury can't spot it. So Charles did wear a Mensa badge through the trial, perhaps to combat the media coverage which portrayed him as a bumbling fool. He sat the test a few months before the trial, in early 2003, he passed, meaning his IQ is in the top 2%. So he's like, he's a really smart guy. But, you know, trivia is about knowledge, not intelligence. Yeah, that's right. But it is, he's just sort of going, look, you're all portraying me as a, a doofus, but, but I'm, I'm actually really smart. I'm smarter than 98% of the people in this room. So. Yeah. And there's 100 here, so. <laughs> hmm? So who's the other one? Hmm? Let me show, you, show us your badges. <laughs> uh, back to Ronson. Hilliard has got me all tied in knots, he says. I just don't want to say anything stupid. So that's what he's... Sounds like he's the other mentor, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do an upbeat smile, even though I believe that only a miracle can save them now. How does it feel to have to keep watching that tape, I ask? I imagine it must be embarrassing. From the tape, they look quite extraordinarily guilty, albeit in a sweet and funny way. It seems such a slapstick type of crime, a half-baked plot executed badly. Charles replies, I still get a thrill. When it gets to the part where I win the million, he like he loves. He's like because he he's saying I did it. Yeah, it's like I I achieved this cool thing, but 
But that's everyone else is watching and going, oh, no, silly old <laughs> coughing major. Uh, Ronson continues, Chris Tarrant may not be the world's greatest superstar, but within the context of this grubby building, we've come to call home, the wallpaper peeling, the soap in the toilets as hard as a rock, the evidence dragging on and on. Here's like a vision of paradise entering court for everyone is smitten. <laughs> this Hollywood star's coming. It's Chris Tarrant, everybody. <laughs> Uh, what a backhanded compliment. He may not be the greatest superstar. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so funny. Has anyone ever got the first question wrong? Asked one defence barrister of Tarrant. It's happened in America, replies Tarrant, to huge laughter around the court. Tarrant looks surprised. He was just giving a factual response. Everyone's going, oh, America. America. Um, during all the merriment. Typical. Yeah. So funny. They they also had a guy that got the million without needing a lifeline, you know? Yeah, oh, yeah. It's like, oh, America, obviously. So stupid. <laughs> they never should have got independence from us. <laughs> yeah, and I think that proves it. <laughs> <laughs> That's sort of what that laugh sounds like to show, me. Yeah. One person got something wrong. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> God, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so during all the merriment, the fact that Tarrant heard no coughings, he said all this in court, he suspected no foul play, and even said to the show's producers, don't be stupid, when he was told of their suspicions. All that seemed to get lost in the case. So he said all that? He said that in I court. I like that he's, like, stuck to his... No, I didn't I didn't hear anything. Yeah, that's right, because, you know, he he would would have also been swept up in yeah, it. Think, and probably the, the producers and everything, have, and the, the production company probably like, you know... It's us versus him. Yeah. yeah. Pick a side. He's like, no, I'm just going to say how I thought. Yeah, which thought. is I think, you know, obviously what you're meant to do in court, but yes. it would be easy to, to get, you know, I've seen the evidence now, mm. which he has later said he's like, he now has no doubt that they were guilty and he's he's sort of like doesn't like the dramatisation of it because it's got a lot of shades of grey and he's like, it's kind of ridiculous to portray it like they weren't definitely guilty. He's like, they were definitely guilty. Right. And in one breakfast interview, he, he didn't say this in court, he just said what he believed at the time, which is, you know, admirable, right? But on a breakfast uh, uh, show recently, he said, when I, uh, when I said, if you get this wrong, you lose, you go all the way back, you lose like 400 and whatever thousand dollars. Mm. And he's like, I only realised months later, but he's like, yeah, just let, let's just go for it. Normally they're putting their heads in their hands going, oh, my God, this is stressful. But I watched it back the first time he said it. He, Charles Ingram literally puts his hands over his face and goes, oh, oh, that's so funny. I should cut the two together. Chris Town going, that's how I knew that he was definitely. Because yeah. he, when he said it again, he didn't. But the first time he said it, he definitely put his hands over his face, literally like what Chris Town said people normally do. And also it's funny to be like, this is how people normally behave, but not everyone behaves yeah. the same in stressful situations, you know? Yeah. So it's kind Some of ridiculous. Some people are weirdly calm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I don't think that's enough to... Mm. I think the coughs happening at these certain times, you, that's your best yeah. reason to believe it. Um, so a big part of the defence was that there were a lot more coughs, like I said, during the taping. Like 90% of them weren't seemed to be sus. Um, on top of this, the man who was supposedly doing these cough, Tequan Whitok, has a chronic cough. It's been a thing he's had his whole life. Ah. As Ronson writes, Tequan has suffered from a persistent cough his entire life. Water helps. He carries some everywhere and fruit juice and inhalers and cough medicine. It's a ticklish cough, like a frog in his throat, very phlegmy. A stream of doctors and friends take the stand 
attesting to Taekwon's irritating cough. Tech- <laughs> it is so annoying, so Judd. We go to the movies, he's coughing oh everywhere. It would be a nightmare, like in this current climate, you know? Yes. With COVID and stuff. And it's like hay fever season here, so every time I'm sneezing, I'm like, it's just allergies. The the writer of the quiz, the, the mini series, he's like, my timing is awful. They debuted in, um, in England in 2020. He's like, are people going to want to watch a show all about coughing in the middle of this pandemic? <laughs> Um, but it turns out they did. It was a big hit. Um, anyway, Ronson goes on. Tequin Widox barrister David Aubrey sums up uh, by saying, so when was this plan supposedly hatched? During a late-night phone call on September 9, lasting less than five minutes? Is it really likely that Mr Whitock would take part in such a hastily conceived scheme? Wouldn't he have said, you can't count on me. I'm liable to cough at any time. This isn't... Hmm. Yeah. So I'm yeah, like, that's I'm true. like, that is a good but point. If the host, if Chris isn't the host, is Chris? Did I? Yes. Make that? <laughs> At a moment, where I was like, I made that up. <laughs> um, if he can't hear anything, he's not hearing these coughs at all. Maybe is it possible that Charles actually couldn't hear? Yeah, I think. You know, like that's, well, that's what he Charles also said in court. He's like, okay. I never heard the coughs. Yeah, I was focused. I didn't hear the coughs. Yeah. Um, and if you didn't have a system in place, you wouldn't. But if you did have a system, he'd be listening out for him when yeah. Chris Tarrant wouldn't be, you know what I mean? Yeah, so absolutely, yes. There's definitely, you can understand that on both ways. It's a really good point from that lawyer being like, yeah, why would I, okay, so this thing I do involuntarily, we're going to base the entire code system on coughing, Yeah. which I'm going to do a lot anyway. That's a bad idea. Yeah. And mm. then also... They didn't know Widock was going to be on the next show until it was read out that night, like the night before. So it couldn't have been planned in advance more than that five-minute phone call. Yeah. The um, prosecution didn't even argue that they'd never met. So it's like in, in the um, the miniseries when uh, the Ingrams and Widock sit together in court, Widock goes, nice to meet you. <laughs> it's like, nice to meet you, co-defendants of this crime. Oh, ah, yeah. Um, and they, that wasn't even argued. So it was supposedly it had to be unless they were going, hey, if we ever happen to be in the same room at the same time, let's do this coughing thing. Yeah. So it, that makes you think maybe and, you know, weird coincidences happen. They film a lot of shows. One time this guy just bumbles his way to a million and there were coughs. Who knows? Because the defense also played the first millionaire winner and they showed that she had coughs throughout hers and they didn't seem to be sus but a similar amount of coughs okay. and on a similar amount of correct answers. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, so, but it's because he was a bit of an, a bit, bit, yeah. bit, you know, had a different energy or whatever, seemed a bit more sus, didn't do so well on the first night that they were more sus on him. So there's all these things that give you little elements of doubt. And, I, yeah, I reckon that coughing one, that he coughs all the time, that's a that's a pretty big one. Mm. Another interesting fact is that uh, Whitok has a long history of going on quiz shows. He loves it. He's a quizzer. You, I just I was trying to figure out why I'm doing that accent. I think it's because of you're a wizard, Harry. You're a quizzer. <laughs> you're a quizzer, Harry. It just naturally is how I'm saying quizzer, but that's probably <laughs> why. Anyway, um, so he's, he's got a long history of going on these shows, but he's never been very successful. He went on to Millionaire, he got the fastest finger first and went away with a thousand pounds. So he's this genius who's meant to be getting all these questions right. Or at least that's where their system was based around this guy 
but he's never really done that well in quizzes. The um, prosecution did say a couple of times he leant over to another fastest finger first guy. Do you know this one? Apparently that, and and apparently the mics picked that up, but I haven't heard that. But apparently on a couple of questions, he's like, do you know this one? And so if that's true, that's obviously adds to the suspense. You know, but that's also something that people in the audience are doing anyway. Yeah. So he possibly was just like, like he was play, watching at home. Yeah. But he goes, do you know this one? Paris, thanks. <laughs> Paris! No! It's Paris! This guy says Paris. <laughs> it's real smart. <laughs> Someone bring a dog in here. <laughs> Good boy. So, but how is he going on the show again if he's already been on it? Uh, which, uh, uh, Whitok? Yeah. Well, he he's sitting in the pit, so he gets through after. So... Once the millionaire thing yeah. happens, that's not at the end of the episode. So they bring on the next contestant, which I think was Witter. Oh, and he went on only one a thousand pounds. Yes. Imagine that being like, I just coached this guy to a million, and I'm out <laughs> on fuck. <laughs> You'd hope he's getting a decent cut of the mill. Yeah, just uh, just to me, it's sort of like, well, that all these things because this has to be beyond reasonable doubt in court as yeah. well. Yeah. And all these things have just feel like enough doubt to me. Maybe, although I've got to put my hand up here and say don't know the British uh, court system that well. I did study Australian legal studies mm-hmm. in VCE. Okay. But not sure about the British system. Okay. Well, is ours based on that system? Are... Maybe it is. A disappointment. <laughs> That's what I'll say. Um, so along with the fact that host Chris Tarrant said he didn't know any of the coughing, uh, didn't notice any of the coughing, um, that there was a lot more coughing than there, those 19 coughs, all these things make me think, yeah, there's enough reasonable doubt there that I don't think I'd be able to... But if you've seen it all play out in the media, it's hard to yeah, put that... Mm-hmm. And you, those tapes of him chaining his mind, it's hard to go past that. But I just feel like maybe there's enough doubt. But apparently not. Uh, following a four-week trial at Southwark... Southwark? Well, we shouldn't... Sat- Southwark, I reckon that is. Crown Court. <laughs> the jury found uh, that Charles, Diana and Tequin were guilty after a three-and-a-half-day deliberation. The Ingrams were sentenced to 18 months in prison Ooh. and Whitok to 12 months, all suspended for two years, so no actual jail time was served, but they were all um, landed with hefty fines as well. So they ended up you know, losing quite but a lot. But they could pay that out of their million-dollar winnings. <laughs> yeah, they still got the, yeah. the winnings, obviously. <laughs> They're like, you got us, but, you know, good, good scheme. <laughs> got to pay that. So... Uh, I think the the prosecution said that um, Wittok's reason to do it, his motive was that his daughter's school fees were quite expensive. That was his reason to do it. But he was like, oh, man, just reading what he was saying, he was real sweet. He's like, oh, I just w- was hoping to buy a new bed for my dog. And my, my son was a big fan of Only Fools and Horses or some English show, and he want, he wanted to get a car like they drive. So that, I was hoping to get that car and the... And a bed for the dog. I know. Uh, Why do you start with a bed for a dog, which aren't... They're not expensive, and then a car. <laughs> like, the car's the big purchase. Well, there. look, maybe I'm recounting it in the wrong order. <laughs> but, yeah, they it, they all just come across as real but sweet. But is he admitting that it was a plot then? No, no, he's saying that's why he went on the show. Went on the show, not yeah. why they did it. That was what he was hoping. Gotcha. His best result was to... Get something for his kid and his dog. Like, oh, my heart is freaking breaking. Oh, no. We're talking. Imagine you didn't do it. You just, I've just got a cough, which has haunted me my whole life. Yeah. And now it's got me a, you know, guilty in a court of law. Something I didn't do. If you didn't do it, man, that, what a nightmare. Uh, later in 2003, the Army Board ordered Ingram to resign after 16 years of service. 
and in some ways, this was only the beginning of the Ingram's pain. According to Paul Stanworth, writing for the BBC, a few months after the ITV court case, Charles Ingram appeared on his own in front of another jury in an unrelated case, and he was found guilty of insurance fraud. The jury was told that the millionaire case had left Ingram in £400,000 of debt, and he had no job. So he resorted to uh, insurance fraud. So people go, well, this is a sus guy. He's just, again, getting away with the grift. But he's like, honestly, I had to figure out. I was, I was struggling, so I had to figure out a way. I don't know more details of that, but I, th- I think that was, you know, that's just a thing that happened. Uh, this is from a BBC article. This is, this is pretty rough reading. Uh, from 2007, four years after the trial. The ex-army major says he and his wife has, have faced torrents of abuse and had their home and pets attacked 60 times. <gasps> so, they, like, you think they cheated on a game show? And they've they've had a jail sentence and big fines. I reckon they've... It's enough. I reckon that's enough. Why do you care so much? It's so weird, isn't it's it? so and weird. The, and the game show didn't lose any money. Yeah, like... they haven't hurt anybody. Yeah, it's... Real strange. That's so odd. And they've got three kids too. They've got three daughters. That sucks. Um, It goes on. Ingram was convicted on Wednesday of assaulting a 13-year-old boy who had coughed at him. In the dramatisation, he spat in his face, the boy. So he turned around and he said, enough, when he sort of grabbed him by the collar. And so, um, but then Ingram told the BBC News that the assault case was a travesty and said it was pursued purely because of who I am, someone notorious. I'm sickened by the maliciousness of it all, but it's typical of the trouble we have suffered, he said. Mm. Salisbury magistrates gave Ingram an absolute discharge for grabbing the boy's collar, even though the victim agreed in court that he made up a lot of his evidence. What? Yeah, isn't that strange? Uh, The behaviour of some youths, he does talk about Ingram's become old man, even though he's like 40, he's starting to talk about youths a lot. The behaviour, although maybe you would if they were... If, if uh, kids were being like this to you. He says the behaviour of some youths near his home had become unbearable. We get a lot of coughing wherever we go, even when we go abroad to Spain. Generally, it's good humoured, and if it gets intimidating, we just walk away. But there's a very small minority in the local community who are really vitriolic and make our lives hell. This bit's rough. Our dog was kicked and punched by six youths and subsequently died. <gasps> our cat was shot with an air pistol. What the fuck? What is wrong with this place? What did the dog do? It's, isn't that what they're like, oh, this guy, yeah? Sounds like they coughed on a game show. You know what we're going to do? Kill their pets. Yeah, you coughed on a game show, allegedly. Uh, you've been fined heavily. You didn't get any of the money. Nobody was hurt. John Ronson at the time like, was talking to prosecution, prosecutors and stuff in the case. He's like... Why are you even following through with this? This is an expensive court case. They didn't win any money. Mm. What, it's just like, why are you wasting everyone's time and money? And they were like, you know, it's a big, it's a big show. It's a franchise around the world. We've got to protect it. Yeah. So you're like, all right. Yeah, like yeah, is it, it's not quite enough to just stop it, not giving them the money. Yeah, it's a tricky one. But they're uh, he's like, why don't you take it to civil court? Why yeah. press criminal charges? But. Either way, I don't know if that would have affected how the public... Yeah, you'd think of oh, the justice system. Surely that's an, enough. Yeah, so that's doing. why we have the justice system. So we don't have to kill people's yeah, dogs. Yes, exactly. He says, I can't go for a run because people try to run me off the road. I know it's deliberate because they slow down afterwards and cough out the window. 
you'd be like, because you go, oh, it's weird the car run me off the road, but I'm running on a road. So there's an accident. Oh, they've slowed down and coughed at me. Reckon that was on purpose. That's uh, fucked. We can't do things as a family. We can't go to the cinema because there'll be a few youths who keep coughing and coughing until we have to leave because it's ruining the film for everyone else. Ingram says his car windows have been smashed and nails put on, under their tyres, and on several occasions his rubbish bins have been emptied all over the street. Rubbish and eggs have also been thrown at the house, he says, and two weeks ago, something worse. They threw what I can only describe as a bag of sick. It was revolting and it smelled terrible. Two weeks before that, we found a gang of youths in our garden smashing our windows. Another time, my wife was surrounded by six of them on bikes who wouldn't let her pass and kept shouting bitch and cheat at her. Ingram says he has reported about 20 of the incidents to police but is unable to identify those responsible. I don't know why they do it, he said. I mean, the boy in court was eight when I was in the hot seat, so I can only suppose it must be coming from the parents. It's like, yeah, I don't reckon an eight-year-old was watching going ahead. I mean, it was never even aired. It's not reading the papers going, oh, I'm going to tell you what. Yeah. He lives in my neighbourhood. I will show don't. him. Uh, the tabloid media loved all of this and and did stories on the Ingrams, a.k.a. the coughing major, and they sort of portrayed her as a, like a Lady Macbeth character. I think, is this how Macbeth works? Is Macbeth is a, is he a soldier or he's a king? He's like a, a lord and general. Right. So, and then the, the cold wife pulling the strings behind is sort of yeah. how they portrayed her. That's fucked. And they did that whenever they could. Here's an example from the Daily Mail. This is like they just what what anything they did became newsworthy. There's so many different smallish things that happened. This one wouldn't be newsworthy if it was anyone else you wouldn't think, but it is a full on thing that happened. Another just bit of bad luck for the major unfortunately. Titled Who wants to be a millionaire cheat? Charles Ingram slices off three toes in freak gardening accident. My god, poor man. Former uh, And he just t- seems to take it all with pretty good humour. Former Army Major Charles Ingram was seen as a bad apple when he cheated his way to the million-dollar top prize on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. This is great writing. Yesterday, he was cursing a bad apple after slipping on one in his garden and slicing off three toes with his lawnmower. Have you, he oh. called him a bad apple, and then he slipped on a rotten apple. Oh. Man. That's good writing. I think that's good writing. <laughs> Dubbed the coughing major after the ploy used... To give correct answers on the ITV quiz show, Mr. Ingram told yesterday how he took his three toes with him to the hospital. He added, It could have been a heck of a lot worse. Luckily, the mower had a safety feature to turn off automatically when it was let go. It's obviously a shame that it happened, but it's an accident and it's just one of those things you have to work through. I just love him. Oh, my God. Oh, major. I was using my hover mower to mow the bank at the back of the garden and trying to avoid the apple tree when I slipped on a rotten apple, he said. I tried to avoid the blade of the mower, but it went over my foot. I was only wearing Wellingtons, and it sliced right through the rubber. Oh. Wear those steel caps if you can, people. Yes, and the toes? And the same thing happened to my uncle, the exact same thing. Oh. Uh, lost a few toes. My uncle had them reattached, so he just got these short toes at the end of his foot. But unfortunately, I don't know, was, uh, he, he said it was they were too mangled to get put back oh, on. Major. Uh, he says, I remember seeing my big toe lying on the grass oh. and thinking, oh, dear. Oh, it's a big toe as well. For some reason, I'm imagining the smaller three. I was as well. And I'm like, you can still maybe walk They've in that. They've been described as classic stiff upper lip um, English people. Oh. And this is just classic, oh, dear. Oh, There's dear. my toe over there. Oh, 
Oh, gosh. He said, I got up and I managed to shuffle down to the front of the garden. Fortunately, someone was just arriving to pick up a laptop and she rang for an ambulance. So he just he took it in with very good humour by the sounds of it. I guess this wasn't, I mean, that was his mistake. Imagine going to pick up your laptop. Some man's fixing it for you, you go to pick up. He's, he's like, oh, dear, I mind picking up my, drop off your laptop, pick up my toe. <laughs> Would you be so kind, kind of to call, call an ambulance? I, I'm in a wee bit of strife. Would you mind calling 999? <laughs> That's the British one. Uh, people are yelling at their iPods. Apologise. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so, yeah, so just all this weird, weird bad luck. For, well, I mean, the rest isn't bad luck. That's just people being fucked. But that was just another That's level of bad luck on top. horrendous. Well, it hasn't been all bad times. Ingram used their notoriety a, a little bit to feature on some different reality TV shows. This is what I thought was going to happen. I was like, surely he's going to be on Celebrity Big Brother. In England, Dancing with yes. the Stars. Because they, they love that weird... They've just got weird celebrities. Uh, so what the one I, that came up a lot was he was on an episode, or they were on the, an episode of the reality TV show Wife Swap. Uh, Charles paired up with English Big Brother star Jade Goody and her partner Jeff Brazier was partnered with Diana. So they swap wives and then they sort of see how it goes. According to Stanworth, the former army major living with someone made famous by Big Brother didn't start well but seemed to improve after some blazing rows. Jade tried to give him a makeover, famously saying, if a tracksuit's good enough for David Beckham, it's good enough for you. (laughs) Uh, Diana and Jeff got on slightly better and seemed to enjoy their night knocking back tequila at Bubble Glam in Romford. That's a TV show over there, anyway. um, So they did a few things like that. They were on The Weakest Link and stuff like that. Okay. One of the questions, the answer was cough. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, Possibly the best thing that has happened to them in recent times, though, is this mini-series Quiz, which is about the whole affair, which aired in the UK in 2020. The writer of Quiz, James Graham, told news.com.au, I thought they were guilty. I couldn't believe how obvious it was. People were obsessed with this story and the interpretation of the events that existed in people's minds was that they were guilty. You can watch the tape on YouTube and when you see it, you think, oh my God, it's so obvious. The coughs are so loud and the patterns are so distinct. But then you dig into the evidence and yes, there were 19 coughs on the right answers, but there were more than 190 other coughs on the wrong answers, which I don't know if that's quite the right number, but there were a lot of other coughs Mm -hmm. on the wrong answers. And there was this tape that the production team put together who were the ones who were trying to prove that they didn't have to pay a million bucks. So there's all these sort of... And it took them ages, like a bunch of different t- tapes before they got it. Um, that was the one that was shown in court. Yeah. So there's all these sort of things that seem a bit sus. Uh, Ma, writing for the New Zealand Herald, says, Since Quiz was broadcast in the UK during the early weeks of the pandemic lockdown, many people have begun to doubt their guilt. Watching it, like, the whole way through, which is really interesting, you go, oh, this seems real sus. And then you're like, actually, no, I, I reckon this is just a bad coincidence. And it's funny how um, I think the show does it really well like that. John Ronson, uh, who wrote about it, he was like, it was, fun, it was funny how obviously uh, it was a, a, a scheme and it was sort of embarrassing almost. He said uh, back in 2006 that he was starting to have second thoughts, writing... I was sure the three quizzers convicted of defrauding Chris Tarrant's show were guilty, but now I have my doubts. I'm beginning to suspect that Charles Ingram, his wife Diana, and Tequin Whitock may be innocent. I'm amazed to find myself thinking this. I sat through every day of the trial and wrote an article about it. At the time, like everyone else, I thought the plot was hilariously obvious and badly executed. 
The plan was clearly for Charles to chew over the answers out loud and for Tequen sitting behind him in the fastest finger first seat to cough on the correct one. Mm. Ronson went back, uh, went on to talk about how ex-millionaire contestant James Plaskett, who ended up, he was a contestant who was quite successful, won £250,000. They got into a conversation via email and he started, uh, Plaskett really started to convince Ronson that maybe, maybe they didn't do it. Um, this is from, oh, back on that great website, wikipedia.org. I think this is what I'm finishing on here. Um, I'm finishing on the positive idea of that there's, maybe they didn't do it because I'm really not sure. There's, like I say, times where I'm like, obviously they did. Times right, well, you've taken us on that journey too because I was like, the no. I'm like, all right, guilty. But now I'm thinking, oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah some, someone might have just gone, no, you know, like they, you know, they yeah, didn't like, mean I've to. I've literally been in that, the crowd of that show and had someone whisper, a stranger whisper yes, an answer to me. exactly. I don't know you. Yeah. Um, so this is from wikipedia.org about James Plaskett. And he really believes they're innocent. He says, or, or this is him talking to Ronson, it says, Plaskett argued this was an example of coughs caused by unconscious triggers. Widock or others had simply coughed involuntarily uh, upon hearing the correct answer. Widock was also accused of having coughed after Ingram uh, when he mentioned an incorrect option to his penultimate question and swiftly following that up with a smothered no. However, Plaskett, who had sat in the very same seat, argued that someone might have audibly said it in response to an incorrect option in the same way that others, other waiting contestants have been known to whisper no. Like, apparently that's a thing that happens. No, that's not right. Uh, Ronson said, As I read Plaskett's essay, I kept thinking, yes, yes, but what about that piece of prosecution evidence? Then he would get to it and cast doubt on it. And I can tell you, having sat through every day of the trial, he has not left out a single piece of prosecution evidence. Uh so he's like, he just, he took them down one by one. And, and a lot of them are things we've talked about through the episode. But mm. you go, I mean, is there any, what, anything that really stands out to, that is, makes them definitely seem guilty to you? Oh, it's the no. Yeah, the a no. A that sounds like a word. Yes. Yeah. And the way he really did change his answer. Yeah, yeah. flopping. To me. Especially those last those two. Last two. The Google. I don't even know what that is. Actually, I think it. I, I've ruled out the others. Have you? How? Yeah. There's no reason. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. But like, like you said, maybe he was just a bit of a strange guy with how he presented his, himself. And he's yeah. not saying all the words he's thinking in his mind about it. Yeah. Necessarily. So, yeah, I think to me, at the very least, enough doubt that you can't go definitely guilty. Yeah. And I believe that their court, like ours, would you'd have to. It's like beyond reasonable yeah. doubt. Yeah. I think that's what it was meant. The level it was meant to get. So to. why not? Like, yeah, it, it, maybe it should have been not guilty, but they didn't get the money. You know? Yeah. Yeah, because there probably would be a clause in every contestant that yeah. it's up to the the production company has the right to to void any. I think winner. Yeah. there's also a rule that, and often that if the episode isn't aired, yeah, you don't. Have then to pay. you don't have to pay. So they'd say we're never. I think that's that. always in the contract. Mm. So they'd be like, "It's too sus. We're not going to air it." And they they maybe then he countersues or something. Yeah, and it goes on. I don't know, but yeah, it, yeah, I think that yeah, that seems fairer. Maybe definitely does seem like there's enough. There's enough, especially when you go, here are other instances on different episodes where there's been a lot of coughs on yeah. bad answers. And, yeah, we, you know, you've pointed out some coughs, but there were a hundred more throughout the entire show. Like, it, that doesn't, it's, it's just so strong enough. Yeah. 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 
And I, I think, um, obviously, it just feels like the punishment has far outweighed the crime, even yeah. if it was a crime they committed. Um, yeah, so it's just a, it's a very strange one. It's so sad how their lives are going after. It's like, I haven't really been able to get work. He hasn't been able to get a job. I think last I saw, they were making ends meet by um, Diana was selling handmade jewellery at markets. Oh, and wow. they, they just they go around these markets together. She's like... We make sometimes we make a lot of money, but you got to sell quite a few to get cover costs. So there's days yeah. you don't make any money at all. It's like, mm. oh, it's brutal. Wow. Which makes sense why they might be going on the reality shows. It's not like some people might be like, oh, look, they're 15 minutes of fame. They're probably just trying to yeah, get no, some I, cash. Yeah, yeah. That's right. I need to work. I need to do something. Uh, in the in quiz, they're they're offered um, hundreds of thousands of dollars to exclusively admit their guilt to a paper, and they didn't take it. Which you'd think, oh, we're guilty, we've found out, we need this money, but even then going, no, we're not going to take it. All these sort of things just make me think there's enough doubt there. And it seems like that's 20 years ago or whenever it was, everyone was thinking definitely guilty. Mm. And now it seems like because of this show and other things, there's a lot more shades of grey around it. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you have a gut feeling? No, I mean... Mine's Craig Dave. (laughs) (laughs) All the way along, very much going, look at these bloody cheaters. But then, yeah, yeah, you get more of that evidence and you're like, oh. I've absolutely flipped and flopped over here. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we understand him a little more um, with the flip-flopping. Yeah, that's right. I can see how you go. D. No, definitely D. (laughs) A. Put it in. A. It's A. Yeah, I don't know. I I will go with the last thing I thought, which is probably not guilty. Yeah, I just think enough doubt. Yeah. It's sus. It's sus as hell. Yes. But, yeah, there's a, there's enough doubt in there to go, but, yeah, it didn't get aired. Just don't give them the money. Yeah, that's right. Then, it... like, who's hurting? Even if they mm. are guilty 100%, we know that. The behaviour that was given to them afterwards is completely no, uncalled for. Absolutely unwanted. No matter what they did. Yeah. Wow. I just looked at the clock. This is this may be the longest episode we ever do. This is yeah. the longest ever report ever. And that is the that's what we do for block. <laughs> and that's the number one topic right there. You've done it justice, Matt. What a great report, honestly. Thank you so much. Well done. What a roller coaster. Yeah. What an absolute ride that was. Yeah. Thanks so much for sticking with me. <laughs> well when when it was like this is one of the rare times where we know what the topic is going to be in advance because we have got to divvy up the the vote. Mm. And when this came in at number one, like last year, I was like, "Is this really the most popular topic?" Yeah. Now having heard it, yeah, that was a that was an epic epic story. And yeah. I, yeah, I do recommend watching Quiz if you get the chance. Um, if nothing else, for that Dreamboat Matthew McFadden. Oh the, my mm, goodness! Mm. The lead role. Someone's yeah, got to get on Wikipedia and change that further. It's the type of report that we love where it's like, you know, so, some of it's a bit funny because you're like you're laughing at people, but then there's some intrigue. It's great. Good stuff. Well done. So now it is time for everyone's favourite section of the show. We've got that little report I put together out of the way, which I believe is the longest we've ever done. But <laughs> now it's time for a little bit more show. And uh, in this section of the show, <laughs> we like to thank a few of our great supporters. Without them, we would not be able to make this podcast happen. We haven't missed a week for now over six years, which some people say is a pretty good effort. Yeah. Not me. I just some think it's the say, base level. Have a break. And we say, <laughs> fuck you. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> I will, How dare you? <laughs> I kill breaks. <laughs> How fuck 
fucking dare you. And just look at those other podcasts you download and think, fucking weak dogs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we've done the 100 episodes. No one cares. <laughs> Anyway, so we like to thank some of these supporters uh, in friendly ways than that. Yeah, that's uh, right. We're lovely people. <laughs> they're, Humble. It's like they're caring about saying, hey, you guys really should have a break. No, fuck you. Fuck you. How dare you? I put all of my self-worth in that. <laughs> We've never had a break. Um, but anyway, these uh, people we're going to talk about now have um, kept us going. You can support us, if you like, at dogonpod.com or patreon.com slash dogonpod. There's all sorts of rewards on there. You can get uh, bonus episodes. There's yes. now over 130, maybe? Yes, 130 bonus episodes, including the most recent one. I put out a block special, which is a report, a follow-up to my two-part JFK episode, uh, going through the rest of the so-called Kennedy curse. So oh. good. Third part of the trip teach. Well, that's out there right now on, uh, on, the, on the Patreon or through our website if you're interested. Very excited to hear that because we're about to record it. And uh, <laughs> Instant classics, I'm going to say. <laughs> Uh, but, yeah, there's all sorts of different rewards. The Facebook group, uh, the community is so, such a nice place to be. Um, it's really got me through some lockdown times. And uh, I, I checked in with it, I reckon, while I was writing this report regularly. Someone even called me out on it because I said, I'm just writing next week's report. And they're like, wait, is this why you've been posting a lot today? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That is part of my Shut process. Shut <laughs> um, <laughs> So uh, the first thing we like to do as we thank our supporters is we do the fat quote or question section, which has a, has a little jingle, I think, goes something like this. Fat quote or question, brag ding. or suggestion. No, he always remembers the ding. Mm. And uh, to get involved in this, you sign up on one of those uh, two websites I just mentioned. At the Sydney Scheinberg level, you get pretty much all the rewards at that level, uh, but one of them is giving us a fact, a quote, or a question. I'll read out four each week. The first one comes from Austin Horst, and everyone gets to give themselves a title. Austin's given themselves a title, King of Forgetting to Submit a Fact, Quote, or Question. Oh, my lord. (laughs) I'm afraid on a technicality, we're going to have to strip that title from you right now. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, instant stripping. Uh, So Austin's asking a question. Uh... And it goes like this. Hey, guys, hope all is well. It's been a while since I've sent in a submission. I keep forgetting until Matt reads them out each week. I make a mental note and then get distracted and forget until the next week. Luckily, Matt sent out a reminder this week. Thanks, Matt. Hey, no worries, Austin. (laughs) My question is, do you guys have a movie and or book that you love to reread or rewatch? Austin has answered the question. Like, we, we love it when people ask a question, yes. but they yeah. answer the question. Do you want me to read the answer first? What do you think, or have yeah. you got something? Oh, I've instantly thought of uh, The Rock, the movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage. So easy to watch. Used to come up on TV a lot, and now I uh, just watch it on my own time. Yeah, right. I, that's a movie I, I love, but I haven't seen it in so long. I reckon I... I would enjoy it more now. It's I, just I, good fun. There's not many movies that I can really watch and re-watch, I don't think. Um, but I have been re-listening to some, um, uh, what's Steve Coogan's character called? Alan Partridge. Alan Partridge. His autobiography, I Partridge, I'm listening to for the second time. I just like to listen to it as I'm going to sleep. Also his podcast, From the Oust House. <laughs> also I've listened to a few times, um, which I really enjoy. As a kid, I watched Teen Wolf a lot though. I remember yeah. that. I watched that heaps. Yeah, I haven't reread books for a long time because I just don't read as much as I used to. But as a teen, I read um, Looking for Alibrandi and On the Jellicoe Road, both by Melina Marchetta. Read those over and over and over again. 
loved him. And they stay with you. You remember a lot, a lot about them. Yeah, and I, I, I was thinking recently I'd like to reread, but I'm scared it'll be shit and it'll ruin that nostalgia. So, yes. not sure what to do there. As for TV and movies, though, I'm a I'm a big uh, uh, anxious person. Uh, re- lots of anxiety and depression. So a real comfort is rewatching things. I don't like new things because I don't know what's going to happen. So I rewatch the same TV shows all the time. I rewatch movies a lot. Casino Royale, I'd watch a few times a year. <laughs> Clueless, those oh. sorts. Like I just just like nostalgic classic films. I watch them all the time. James Bond didn't have much of an idea in Casino Royale, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> he was a bit clueless. clueless. Thank, you. Thank you so much. Casino <laughs> clueless. <laughs> God, he was clueless. I mean, you said it in a weird tone, but yeah, I agree. He was clueless. <laughs> uh, yeah, I watched Clueless a lot as a kid as well, I yeah, reckon. just rewatch that. I, I love I'd... sunny movies like that as well. Yeah. When I'm feeling a bit down, anything... It seems like it's in California. In my mind, yes. California has blue skies, colourful clothes. All year round. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I rewatch I rewatch Brooklyn Nine Nine, Kimmy Schmidt, Parks and Rec, Thirty Rock. Like I just rewatch shows constantly. You have to really push me to watch something new. <laughs> Particularly in lockdown. I'd be like, Oh, what are we gonna watch? And I'd be my boyfriend would be suggesting things and I'd be like, mm, nah. What if we just watch a movie I've seen many times? <laughs> and does he rewatch them too? Sometimes. Usually I rewatch alone. Because <laughs> he's like, we've seen this many times. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, shut up. Yeah, I find, I, I think I find it hard to watch things again. Does that mean I don't have anxiety? No, not necessarily. I thought I might have. You, uh, no, yeah, no, you don't have anxiety and that's, everything is good. That's great. Um, I mean, I've self-diagnosed. I could self-undiagnose. Yeah, exactly. You're the doctor. <laughs> uh, cured. <laughs> yeah. Why do you think I wear this stethoscope? It looks great on you. I listen to my heart and yep. I say, all better. <laughs> uh, Austin answers the question saying, for me, I, uh, I read the Harry Potter series at least once a year mm-hmm. and my friends and I do... A Lord of the Rings extended edition marathon every January. Oof. Uh, both are really fun, well-developed worlds that I love revisiting. Love the pod. Oh, sorry, I, miss, I just saw the oof. I got it on delay. Is that what? I don't know. I'm just saying that I was like, oh, extended editions, that's a long, that's a good marathon. But then I was thinking, I was just going to ask you, hey, Matt, who's your favorite Lord of the Rings character? Oh, mine's a scientist. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, no, it's got to be giblets. <laughs> and my axe. <laughs> Every time it says giblets. Oh, I've never seen it, but I still enjoy it. Um, Austin says, both are really fun, well-developed worlds that I love revisiting. Love the pod. I look forward to the new episode every week. Thank you so much, Austin. Oh, thanks, Austin. It's really nice. Uh, next one comes from... Katie Clays, who I believe is a first-time fat quota questioner. Oh, welcome aboard, Katie Clays. Katie's given themselves a title, the Lizard Queen. I am the Lizard Queen, which is <laughs> a Simpsons reference, right? That's Lisa yeah. at Thanks, Duff doc- World. Thanks, Doctor. Oh, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> that could be me. Uh, self-taught. <laughs> self-taught, self-diagnosed. I do it all. Uh, Katie writes a question. When my friends and I go camping, we play a game where we describe our poos. Oh, I'm going to enjoy this. We describe our poos using two words. Example, muddy Sunday, chili burn. 
acidic slug, etc. <laughs> Sorry, just gagging. Uh, <laughs> camping poos are always a bit dicey, so it makes the game a bit more fun. Uh, so my question to you all Here we go. is if you could describe your last shit in two words, what would your two words Ooh. be? Fat hog. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I obviously thought this is where her question was going, and I really hoped it would be like, what's a game you and your friends play? <laughs> yeah. But no. I should say, before you answer Jess, uh, Katie, I don't know how long you've been listening, but a gentleman never shits. Yeah. So haven't chat... Obviously don't have a name for Sounds it. Sounds like your two words are no comment. Yeah. <laughs> no comment or Harry Houdini. <laughs> um, oh, okay, mine. Fine, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. That is good. <laughs> uh, that does... Sound like a real fun game to play around dinner time. Yeah. You could just see me pushing the plate away <laughs> from the campsite. Yeah. I think I'm actually I'm okay. okay. Thank you. I'm, I think I'm going to turn in. It's still light out. I'm going to turn gonna. in. Uh, unexpected delivery. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for that, Katie Clays. That was a, a real... yeah that Nightmare. Was, no, it was, I mean, it was a beautiful question and very well asked. Yeah. Uh, very visceral. I think you're probably just a bit jealous, aren't you? Because the gentleman never shits. Yeah. Jeez, how do you do it? And you're naming each one. <laughs> uh, puff of smoke. That's three words. But it's good in a way. Like, it is important to keep, you know, to, to be aware of your bowel movements. I can mm. tell you a lot about general health. Yeah. What's that scale? There's a, isn't there some yeah, sort of number scale? The remember. Bristol stool scale. How do you? Fucking know that. Just knows everything. I did some stand up on it one time, okay. and then I remember after I did the bit, Matt, you were there, and up, up, up the back, you said, "David Quirk said to you, this is disgusting." <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that, but I love it. What are the I might have put my words in David Quirk's mouth somehow, <laughs> yeah. and then David Quirk said, "Yeah, not me. I loved every second of it." Uh, I think I, I abandoned the bit after that. I was like, I really respect David. Yeah. Oh no! Oh, I'm sorry. I should not have passed that info on. And then I quit comedy that day. <laughs> uh, I was wondering why you haven't been funny for so long, Dave. Um, <laughs> uh, next one comes from Alex Bachi or Bachey or Bashi B- Barky B A C H Y. Alex Bachi. Bachi. Alex is the vice president of fun. Bracket an actual position I hold at my job. Bracket. Holy shit! That can't be true. Vice president of fun. I hope we find out more. In Alex's fact, um, I, when I say bracket, I remember a while back, Americans say parentheses yeah. in case you were going, what the hell are you talking about? Uh, so Alex writes, this is a fact, I really want you all to come to Pittsburgh on your American tour. I'd love to go to Pittsburgh. Go Penguins. Go penguins. <laughs> uh, so to hopefully convince you to come to my favorite city, I will give you some facts about Deberg. Uh, fact one <gasps> of many. As in Christaberg. <laughs> Lady in red? Lady. Don't pay the ferryman? <laughs> is this where Christaberg is? Oh, my. They renamed it in his honour. I, th- I don't know Long why. Long time coming. I think that's one of my... It's not even... It's nowhere near as fun as some of the names, but I love it so much. Uh, Christaberg. For me, yeah. it's the, f- the best celebrity's name. Yeah. Hi, I'm Chris, and he's such an unlikely looking pop singer. Yes, oh, the eyebrows, incredible. Incredible brow, incredible brow work. (laughs) Transcended on that brow. Uh, So anyway, Alex writes, 
Uh, fact one of many. Pittsburgh has me- uh, has more bridges than any other city in the world, including Venice, Italy! Exclamation mark. No. That's a lot of bridges. That's a lot of bridges. We are home to 446 bridges. Thanks for all the fun. <laughs> <laughs> the way I was setting up was a, a fact one of many, but that's that's I guess we'll hear more later. Yeah. Oh, wow, great, great stuff. I love the it's sizzle nice. of more to come. Yeah, it's nice to start a campaign yes. like that. That's good. And to have a theme because I know it must be hard sometimes to come up with facts, quotes, questions, suggestions or brags or suggestions. So, <laughs> Jess, um, you love Bridges. Am I right? Jeff you Bridges. Oh, sorry. You, left, you love the Bridges family. And I love the Sydney Harbour Bridge. What's Every other bridge can get fucked. Speaking of great eyebrows, isn't Jeff Bridges' brother a guy with banging brows? What's his name? I've no idea. Ma- Jeff, Dave, you help me out here. Jeff Bridges is in the actor. Yeah, Jeff Bridges' brother. Bo Bridges, man. Check out Bo Bridges' brows. <laughs> Bo Bridges. Man, he's got great brows. Oh, <laughs> damn. Have oh, a look my at goodness, those. I've just had it load on my screen too. Oh, a couple of caterpillars right there. <laughs> that is great stuff. We're, well, like maybe even above Sandy Cohen level brows. Yeah, oh, like, yeah, yeah. I think it probably goes Bow Bridges, Sandy Cohen, Christaberg. Christaberg. The Berg. Thank you so much. That's a great fact, Alex Bechet. Uh But yeah, you, you always talk, maybe. Did you just talk about loving the Sydney Harbour Bridge? Yeah. Or am I making that up? Yeah, I love the Sydney but Harbour Bridge. Imagine going to a city with 446 bridges. So, but are they as beautiful and majestic as I the Sydney sh- Harbour I Bridge? I can only assume. Okay, then. Well, they can be there. Uh, thank you so much, Alex. And finally this week, from Izakio, uh, who... Oh, yes, I forget. Alex Bechet, Vice President of Fun. And Izakio, third in charge, store manager of the <laughs> Dugoon Membrabilia Emporium. Ooh! Great to have you here. Yeah. I think I added a B in early there. Memorabilium. <laughs> Memorabilia. That's a hard word to What's say. What's that B for? That's a typo. Izakio <laughs> uh, writes, oh, question. When you were young and yet to have your optimism and imagination beaten out of you, <laughs> what career did you imagine you would be doing when you were an adult? Uh, I can tell you that right now. Me Professional too. game show contestant. Yep. Pro basketballer. I... I've got to mention this on the show before, but I found in a box my, a grade four card. We had to write like a future thing, mm. and it had a it had a has a drawing of me uh, with a mustache. Oh my god! Whoa! <laughs> I've ticked that one off. Uh, the other one was, and it was uh, you pro- wearing a hat. Oh my god! <laughs> professional basketballer by day. Yes. Uh, rock star by night. The perfect combo. That's quite, a great combo. I haven't combo. quite ticked off either of those, That's but okay. still in, time. In year seven, these were the options I had for myself. Pro basketball. I'm only five foot seven. Don't know what I was thinking Waiting there. for the growth spurt. That's all. Yeah, Muggsy Bogues about that height, I think. Any day now. Um, uh, actress or nurse. I've done none of those. You've acted. I've acted. You've, you've acted. You've nursed yes. me back to health. I have done that. I thought we said we'd never speak of that again. <laughs> Uh, my genuinely in primary school was archaeologist. Oh, that's cute. Really big. Indiana Jones. Big part of Indiana Jones and The Mummy. Yeah. Very influential on the young David. I remember at one point I wanted to be an architect because I love drawing. Yeah. And I asked adults, I'm like, well, what's a job you can do where you draw? And they said, architecture. <laughs> <laughs> Not illustrator. Or no. artist. Or yeah. artist. <laughs> So they're like that. That was the environment I grew up in. Graphic there was no possible chance of doing anything creative. You just had to get a job. Yeah, 
So funny. It must have been so weird in the 1700s <laughs> growing up then. <laughs> and like now, it took me so long to get here. You know, now you, you would, if a young person asked you, hey, old timer, what's something I could do with my little crayons? You'd say, well, young whippersnapper, you can create the world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zakia writes, uh, how close or far off the mark were you? Uh, I'm sorry, I'd say quite a way off. Yeah. Oh, apart from the moustache. Yeah, the moustache. Both of you are about a that. foot and a half off your dreams. Yes. And for me, um, I Got to be told to be a rock star. <laughs> yeah, I'm a qualified archaeologist, so... Mm. Yeah, so there you go, we nailed it. Thank you so much for that question, Zakio. Do, uh, you know, do you think there's many people that achieve their childhood dream? I was watching a JFK documentary for the report a few weeks ago and there was someone who met him like a kid who left school that day shook his hand or something on one of the many parade routes and he was like eight years old and he and jfk asked him what do you want to be when you grow up and he said i want to be a pilot and then it cuts back to the guy and then it the his little super in the corner comes up with his name and it says fool captain jane like he went on to actually it was a great it was a great reveal yeah i'm sure it does happen a bit because i think some people just know what they want to do yeah and they Believe in themselves. But also, like, I mean, you know, your life takes so many weird twists and turns. Like, I, when I first went to uni, I didn't get into the course I really wanted to do. So my first year I was, like, doing other stuff. And then I was looking around at other unis of what I could transfer and go do. And I was very seriously looking at paramedicine. Like, Ah. I could have been a paramedic. Yeah, right. But I chose something else instead, and now here I am. Like, I I wouldn't have done comedy. I wouldn't have done radio. I wouldn't have met you guys if I was a paramedic. It's kind of cool. Yeah, it's interesting, like full-on sliding doors moments. Yeah, would have been closer to the nurse thing, though, so... That's true. At least I would have made you seven Jess happy, but whatever. Dave, you were stuck in Egypt, but luckily got out very quickly. I broke that curse, so... Uh, Okay, so, yes, thank you to our Fat Quota questioners. If you want to get involved in that, like I say, sign up to the Sydney Scheinberg level. If you want to get a shout-out, which we're about to do for some other listeners, jump on at the, I think it's the Ask Prod level or above, and uh, we shout-out a few of our great supporters. Jess, you normally have a little game uh, that we can play with their names based on the topic of the day? Yeah, so I was thinking it could be their specialty topics. Oh, great. Like they would be, you know, you would call them. For this particular, good idea. Yes, they're the phone a friend. What topic? I love it. And somehow we can work it off their where they're from or their name. Somehow we can work it through. That would be great. Which is going to be tricky for the first one because from address unknown, uh, I'd love to thank Tim Randall. Tim Tim Randall, Randall. expert on that very old TV show, Randall and Hopkirk deceased. Oh, do you have any idea what that is? No, I believe it was a. uh, I didn't even know shows could die. A, a, a British TV show that it's a private detective who uh, is haunted by Hopkirk, who is dead, but no one else can see. Look, I'm loving it. Yeah, I mean... And a little bit hating it. Yeah. Like, depends on if they're pulling it off or not. But they probably are. It, it, it lasted one season. Okay, they didn't pull it off. <laughs> uh, tw- but for some reason, it was on uh, Nick at Night on Nickelodeon when I was a kid oh, where they yeah. just played old TV shows. Like... This is stuff like Gilligan's Island, the Adams Family, but one of them was Randall of Cook Deceased. Tim, an expert in that. Also, I mean, obviously from the Fortress of the Moles. Mm. Um, and I, for one, would like to. What do you normally say, Dave? Praise their evil overlord. Yeah, I'd love to praise. But I don't think evil. It's, it's not evil at all. I wouldn't say evil though. No. That, that's Dave's word. 
if the moles ever do rise up. Yeah. That was Dave. We welcome you. Yeah. Our benevolent overlords. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Tim. I'd also love to thank from, let me say, Bree or Bray in California, where it's always blue skies and sunny, Brandon Kilpatrick. Uh, Kilpatrick oysters. Oh, okay. Is oyster, that a thing? O- yeah, oysters with bacon bits is a Kilpatrick. Right. So that's it. I, But I think more broadly, Brandon's specialty is oysters. <laughs> He just knows all about them. He knows right. when to shuck them. Yeah. He knows when to leave them alone. Yeah. Yeah, he can sense it. Yeah. Should, I, should I shuck or should I go? Yeah. Yeah. He knows the answer. He, he knows, knows the answer to that. And he knows if you shuck, they're an aphrodisiac. <laughs> you may end up fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to end up fuck. Wow. You're going to end up. Shucking leads sh- to fucking. Shucking leads to fucking. <laughs> That's got to be a thing already. Thank you so much, Brandon. Yeah. Uh, he's on the other end. Yeah, lock in B. Shucking leads to fucking. <laughs> and finally, I'd love to thank, oh, from God's country, Cincinnati, Ohio, Andrew Hetrick. Ooh, Andrew Hetrick. 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 Cincinnati, they're the Bears, I think. Is it the Cincinnati? No, Cincinnati Bengals, I think, in the, the NFL. Bengal Tigers. Tigers. So maybe is that a, is that a potential... Cincinnati, Sin City. Uh, is that, uh, yeah, what else What else do we know about Cincinnati? But it's in Ohio, God's country. Maybe he's a Bible expert. Oh, yes, okay. Or maybe, yeah, maybe Bengal tiger expert. Like it's all big, about, yes. I think a tiger expert. Because no, there's a few types. Yeah, that's right. No, but Bengal, maybe that's his favorite. Yeah. Yes. But at a stretch, he knows more than most. Yep. It is the Bengals, yes. Apparently the baseball team are the Reds. Um, so he's also a colour expert. <laughs> uh, thank you so much to Andrew Hetrick, Tiger may, expert. May I thank some people? I would love it so much if you could. I would love to thank from Richmond, VA. Virginia? Virginia Luna. Oh, oh, shout out to you, Moons. Luna. All Ex- the moons. Yeah, the moons of the solar system. Yeah, there's so many there's of heaps. them. There's so many. Jupiter's got and that dozens. Would, that would be great because it would be like, what's the biggest moon on Jupiter? And you'd be like, I don't fucking know. Yes. I'll call Luna. <laughs> yeah. And Luna's like, duh. I know moons. I know moons. <laughs> also knows uh, Luna Park. Yeah. And, the, you know, the, all the Luna Parks around the world. So many of them. <laughs> I know. There are a few, are there? There's at least two. There's at least two. But I think there's ones outside of Australia. No. Okay. We won't allow it. No, and uh, you know what? Uh, Dad always found this funny when we were kids. Luna Park backwards. Anal crap. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed. Didn't know what anal meant, but no, still. Dad said crap. One of those jokes I got much later. Dad said crap. That's funny, Dad. Love you, Dad. I mean, it'd really be crap anal, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, it'd be crap anal. Oh, no. Which is possibly funnier. <laughs> no one wants crap anal. Oh, that's awful. Uh, okay. Um, also, thank you, Luna. I'm desperate to move on. I would also love to thank from Glasgow, Jasmine Lindemann. Ooh, Jasmine. Oh, there's a lot to work with here. Yeah, Lindemann, isn't that a famous uh, box wine company? Goon, Goon Banks Ooh. or Lindemann's? Oh, Vino Expert. Yeah, yeah. Vino Expert. The a sommelier. Yeah. Oh. I don't know how to say oh, that Jasmine, yeah. Jasmine probably knows a lot about uh, Beaujolais. Oh, she yes. loves Beaujolais. One of the most expensive wines <laughs> in that best. restaurant you two were at before. That, I mean, proof that that's wrong. Yeah. That restaurant they were in, their minds? Yeah. That was the most expensive one. That was the most expensive one I had. It was a Beaujolais. 
Well, the markup on it was horrendous. <laughs> or they're expensive ones. <laughs> One of the two. Oh, no, we're not sure. They bought a four dollar bottle and they're selling it for two thousand. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they saw you coming. And we're like, perfect, we'll have You're eight bro- of them. So you have walked in with your novelty check. <laughs> <laughs> we need to spend this, help us. So thank you, Jasmine. I would also love to thank again from Address Unknown. Mariko. Oh, Mariko. Sounds like a big organization. Mm. Um, Mari Biscuits. You know those ones that you crush down to make yes, your cake I know bases? Them. I also or have something? an Auntie Mari, and every time we have we had Mari biscuits to make cheesecake base, I'd always think like these are Mari's biscuits. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> Well, for my auntie can we have a what about a Bicky expert? Oh, oh, expert in Bickies. Knows what knows what goes what well with what. So you got you got like an Earl Grey, know what, what Bicky goes well yeah. with coffee, yeah, hot chocolate. Yeah. Mariko knows the Bicky of yeah. choice. Love that. An important job. Somebody's got to do an it. An important job. Difficult to have a trivia question about. <laughs> but still, I'll be calling you Mariko. She yeah. knows all the facts as well. What do you pair the uh, this mint tea with? Well, probably an I'd say a chocolate mint biscuit. Oh, my God. Double like a mint. mint. Slice? Oh my God, mint wow. slice. I, I, I never would have thought that worked, but there you go. Double it, mint. Thank you. The <laughs> chewing gum didn't lie. <laughs> uh, I would also love to thank a few people if I may. Please. Oh, and first of all, a big shout out to Stoke on Trent, because that is the location for Katie Heath. Katie Heath. Katie Heath. Uh, Heath Ledger. Floral. Oh, yes. <laughs> Heath Ledger expert. That's a That's a good expert. Wow, knows all these movies back to back. Yeah, and all the all the character names, biographies of each character. Amazing. It's pretty full on. What did he win an Oscar for posthumously? Would be probably one of the one easier of questions. Yeah. Two hands. I mean, technically, that was part of the performance. Have to pay it. He had two hands <laughs> as the Joker. Um. <laughs> so thank you, Katie Heath. I would love to also thank from another address <gasps> unknown. Destination unknown. Oh, no, 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 no. From the Fortress of the Moles, it's Daniel Pilgard. Pilgard. Uh, Pilgard. Uh, Pils, the, one of the early beer styles, I think, or it's like a Czech style uh. of beer. Pils from the town of Pilsen and oh. Daniel Pilgard. Is an expert in it. Whoa. Oh, so maybe it's his family's job to guard that type of beer over the generations. That's right, and he's using that knowledge to his advantage on quiz shows. <laughs> yeah, well, done. well, as you should. You'd have to know all the other beers as well, just to know what yours yeah, isn't. That's right. Oh, so true. Yeah. So, so many questions can be answered with what isn't it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what is love? Sure, but what, what isn't, isn't it? A mm. uh, dog. A, a dog is not love. Have to pay it. Actually, no, my dog is love. Thank you. <laughs> so thank you, Daniel Pilgarden. Finally from me, I'd like to thank from Eton in Western Australia, it's Adam Damati. Adam Damati. Eton, it's got to be a food base. Yep. Damati, Smarties. Smarty, yeah. Oh, smarty expert. Yeah. Smarty expert. Just confectionery in general. Jeez, he's setting himself up, though. Chris Tarrant will absolutely have a go. Hey, not so smarty after yeah, all that yeah, sort yeah, of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. You get it wrong. Yeah. It's a real risk. And, you, and like Eddie does it, and you're like, and he goes, huh? Huh? And you're just on the phone, you go, fuck you, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hate you, Eddie. I just I want to phone a friend for the million-dollar question. I just want to let you know I'm about to win the million dollars, and fuck Eddie McGuire. <laughs> fuck him. <laughs> 
Uh, so, yeah, thank you so much to Adam, Daniel, Katie, Mariko, Jasmine, Luna, Andrew, Brandon, and Tim. The last thing we like to do is shout out a few of our, our long-term supporters. They've been uh, on board for three straight years at the shout-out level or above. These people are being inducted into what we like to call the Triptych Club. Now, in this club, it's a beautiful, sp- a beautiful space. Mm-hmm. Come in, there's lounges, there's booths, uh, there's a spa out the back. Oh, there's booths. You can get a massage in certain areas, uh, there's a se- second deck. Yep. With whatever you like. Every- anything you need. Uh, and Jess, you normally have a cocktail or a food or something. Yeah, I do. Topic, right? What's the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire cocktail? It's involved? blue. Yep. <laughs> Expensive uh, colour. Yeah. yeah, it's hard to get that. Just it goes with the colour theme of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Lots of blue there. Yeah. So it's it's essentially a it's a fruit tingle, oh. which is more of a purple, but it's like heavy on the blue. Oh, yeah. Cacao. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Cacao. We, we always called it caracaracchio because we couldn't do that. Caracaracchio. Yeah. I'm not at all confident of what I said. You said cacao. Is that wrong? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Caracao. That's closer. Okay. I think. And um, it's like a Long Island iced tea and that I've just shoved the but whole stuff in there. Yeah. And you kind of flavour it. It's going to fuck you up, though. So good. <laughs> in the same way that we say fuck you to Eddie Maguire, <laughs> this drink is going <laughs> to really fuck you. really turned on Eddie. <laughs> it's good course. And uh, Dave... You normally book a band? Yes, and I have booked this week uh, the rapper Chameleonaire. Oh, Chameleonaire? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's actually it's the Chameleonaire Tribute Act, Chameleonaire. <laughs> and we have to emphasize cha for legal reasons. Perfect. An amazing save. What was Chameleonaire's big song again? Lil Flip? No, sorry, that's sorry, Raiden. Grammy winning hit with Lil Flip, number one. Grammy winning. Right, is that Raiden Dirty? Raiden. Is that the song where it says something about uh, obviously putting up uh, some pretty pretty good credentials here, my music knowledge. Put me up. I'll answer all your hip-hop hit questions. Yeah. Uh, so we've got, what have we got? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight inductees <sighs> oh my goodness. this we, week. You can do it, Dave. I'm standing at the door. I've got the clipboard. I'm going to read out the names. Once I read out your name, you run on in. The crowd, all the people already in, involved are standing around ready to clap you in, make you feel right at home. Dave's on the mic. He's going to hype you up, make you feel right at home. It's a real buzz. Then Dave, obviously this takes a lot out of him, so Jess is there to build him up as well, give him a little zhuzh. You got this, Dave. Eight's easy. Easy peasy. It'll be over in no time and you're going to smash it. And I should say, if you're a first-time listener, well done for making it this far, Um, Dave will make a very solid, I think, pun uh, based on either the place name or or the name name. At least an attempt. Yes. All right. So you ready to go? Uh, I believe so. Hit so, up. welcoming in to, to grab yourself, uh, who wants to meet a millionaire cocktail? Get, get ready fucked. to see <laughs> Chameleonaire. Uh, Performing the hits of Chameleonaire. Yeah. Uh, firstly, from Sandy Springs in, I think, Georgia, the United States, it's Chris Galanek. Oh, Chris from Sandy Springs and Dave Shandy Bring. Yeah. <laughs> Give him a shandy. He's going to have a shandy. Uh, from Milton Keynes in Great Britain, it's Ben Johnson. Oh, Ben, I'll give you the Milton Keys to the city. And to my heart. Yeah, and to the club. Woo! Go on in. L- let yourself in, mate. Look at you nailing It's funny, we were talking about trivia because he came up on stage with me at one of our live shows to be my trivia partner, Ben mm-hmm. Johnson, from memory. That's right. Uh, from Dagenham in Essex, Great Britain, it's Carol Javar. Oh, Carol's got me caroling all night. Yes! From Newtown in Sydney, New South Wales, 
It is Christopher Beaumont. Ooh, Newtown, more like you town. We're so welcoming of you. Yes. <laughs> From London in Great Britain, it's Kaylee Noakes. More like Kaylee Stoked, you here. Yes, Dad. From Roscoberry Roscoberry in Cork in Ireland, it's John Collins. John Collins, here's a Tom Collins, a cocktail I've made for you. Okay. <laughs> uh, from Ashburton in Victoria, Australia, it's Maria Koratik. Maria, you're from Ashburton, but I feel flush with Cashburton now Ooh. you're here. You make me feel rich. That is good. Sorry stuff. about the pronunciation there, Maria. And finally, from Catonsville in Maryland, MD, United mm-hmm. States, it's Kevin Albin. Ooh, more like Heaven Albin. Yes! Welcome in, Kevin, Maria, John, Kaylee, Christopher, Carol, Ben, and Chris. Uh, and make yourselves at home. Let's let's party. Let's get dirty. <laughs> let's get weird. <laughs> hey, thank you so much, everyone, that supports the show. We absolutely love each and every one of you. If we could shout out to you all in one episode, we would. In fact, consider this a shout out to all of you. Oh. <laughs> uh, Jess, anything we need to say before we bring Block to an official close? Oh, man. I mean, what a time we've had. Thank you for joining us for this extra long Block. Um, but we'll be back next week with, you know, topics that are equally fantastic and a lot of fun. So I've already picked my topic and I think you'll like it. Okay. That's I, love, I love that sizzle. Bit of sizzle. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do so at dogoonpod.com where you can uh, find Tickets to Live shows, merch, which is currently unavailable. Um, you can make a suggestion. You can join Patreon, all of that sort of fun stuff. If you want to email us, you can email us at dogoonpod at gmail.com and dogoonpod on all social media. Well, that about says it all. Thank you so much, one and all, for supporting us this year for Block 2021. We'll be back with Block 2022 next year, but plenty of episodes coming between now and then. But until then, I'll Happy say... Happy Blockmas, everyone. Happy Blockmas. Happy Blockmas, everyone. Thank you, and until next week, goodbye! <laughs> no! <laughs> <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.